When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've been telling everybody. I, I, I was like, Adam's from around my way, man. Nobody knows. <laughs> Besides us. Let's go. I didn't believe when he told me that. Yeah, I told him. I told him that. I was like, maybe from New England. Like, yeah, I got a hell of a time even explaining what New Hampshire is to people on a consistent basis. But you know what? My, my brother caught a case out of New Hampshire. Really? Yeah, my brother Porky, man. He's locked up now. You know what I'm saying? Um, got caught with a, you know, got caught with some, you know, got caught with some work. Uh-huh. But um, a lot of people in New Hampshire, like, like they go up there from Boston to get apartments. But it's like they trapping up there. Really? Yeah, they trapping in New Hampshire. That's interesting because my dad used to own these apartments uh, like up north in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And for sure, going up there as a kid was when I realized like, oh, these are kids. Like, these, <laughs> like they were so much Word. more f***ed up than the Word. majority of people where I grew up. I think New Hampshire, people don't know, was so liberal that drugs was r- running rampant for a long time. Really? New Hampshire. Yeah, because New Hampshire's always been like a liberal place you know mm. what i'm saying uh, you know live free, live free or die, or die that's, yeah. that's what's on the license plate live free mm-hmm. or die so like growing up it was always because i've been up there a few times of course um we used to go up there for i remember real young going up there for field trips tapping the trees for the like the maple syrup oh, yeah okay this is when we was real young and i was you know um and then it's like once i started i was like new hampshire's like super like a lot of, like weed before weed i used to get my weed from new hampshire from this guy up there and this was like in the 80s really yeah hell yeah yeah, I, I so I leave for however many years when I moved to Brooklyn and Queens and shit, and I go back and there's a gun store like a mile from where I grew up, what? and I go, I, I'm just driving by and I see a like like they got all these cartoons of like Obama, but it's like a monkey type <laughs> cartoon and shit. Oh. and I'm just like, oh no 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 oh, no, no, no I didn't no, no. really crazy. get this no, when I was a kid. No, it's like it's like. There's not too much. I wouldn't say policing because it's policing, mm. but you're able to be who you want to be mm. p- politically. You're able to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's heavy Democrat up there, of course, yeah. I'm saying, but as far as you want to smoke, let it out, listen, whatever type of music you like, be who you, it, 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 it just doesn't seem like, it just seems like a, how like Cambridge is. You, mm. you know about Cambridge? Used to be in Cambridge a lot, yeah. New Hampshire and Cambridge have similarities to me, dude. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Culturally, I, I see it for right? sure. You know but New saying? Hampshire now, I, I, when I look at the polls, it's like almost split Trump-Biden. Like very I mean, close. Trump's transcending. See, Trump's transcending to where is that you can't even base the polls on what they was when he comes in. Yeah. Because he just, he jumbles shit up so much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is he Republican? You know what I'm saying? Is he taking votes away from the Republicans? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I seen some interesting. I seen uh, 
Minister Farrakhan co-signed Trump. Right. I didn't know if it was AI. I, I was like, I, yeah, I was, I was like, is this, you know, because sometimes you got to be careful on what you've seen. And he said some good things about Trump. And I was like, it blew me away because, you know, I, I guess with me, like, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I can say this, but I don't vote too mm. much. I don't vote too many times. I only voted twice in my life. Really? Yeah, at 40 years old. Do you, so. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Well, how come you don't think you like to vote? I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I pay attention to the news and stuff, but, but to enough news. to, like, really, like, like my, my, well, I did through the mail one time. Okay. But the other time I had to drive downtown and pull Stand up to, like, I felt like I was waiting in line for the, the <laughs> soup kitchen or something. Just to press a button for Hillary Clinton and then go home and talk about it on Twitter? I don't know. The only, the only I remember, I think, um, going to the polls with my mother, she voted for Jesse Jackson. That was the only time I remember any voting or whatever. Um, you know, Boston was different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We are pretty much the Irish run Boston. So they run the political office of Boston. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Still, to this day. To this like day. That? I mean, he, you know, even like with the Whitey Bulger thing, people don't realize how, like, gangster this shit was. So um, Whitey's brother was Raymond Bulger. Mm -hmm. Raymond was the highest office the state senate leader in in massachusetts okay when whitey was on the run when he first got on the run they let whitey went all of a sudden whitey won the um the lottery <laughs> you know <laughs> and then he goes on the run right so it's like you know like in the like the treasurer is irish the guy that runs the lottery is irish the, 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 the if the mayor is not irish everybody around him is the police commission is irish so mm. it's like they let whitey get a few million and get on the run Interesting. That is crazy. Though. Yeah, because I left New Hampshire at like 18, 19. So like my understanding of what it is to be a grown up or never mind to be in the underworld from New Hampshire is like non-existent. So right. like even when I would go back and I would be 22, 23, and my friends would want to go to clubs. Right, and I'd right, be right, like, right, damn, right, like right. what the f is it? Because right, I, right. I left at 18. I had no idea. Right. Nah, man. Nah. I mean, it's just it's crazy because now like, you know, as with the Internet and as time's going, it's like. Even New Hampshire, you're gonna go up there. They have a hip hop scene. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, because like when you say now Vermont, I don't know. Mm. Ain't, and I don't know about Vermont. I don't know Vermont's yet. We did a No Jumper tour in New England in probably 2018, and we did play a show in Burlington. Really, in Burlington? It okay. was quite small. All right, <laughs> it was okay. probably like 100 people. All right, Maine is popping. Yeah. Maine, 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 Maine has a scene, but right. people, people here in New England, they don't know what New England is. Yeah, because it's it's hard to even explain how you have New York City, which is the home of hip hop, right. and then you drive two hours to Philly, a right. lot of relevant hip hop right. artists from Philly throughout the years right. up to present right. day. Right. And, you know, you kind of drive in like a few different directions and hit cities that are very relevant in terms of hip hop. But then meanwhile, you drive four hours over to Boston and it's not like there's nobody that's been influential or relevant three, in hip hop. Three hours, three hours. I get on at 95. I didn't got pulled over in every city in Connecticut. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's kind of limited and it's it's kind of hard to understand right. how a city that's so right. close, close, like one of the nearest, close. closest large close. cities to New York City. Close. And it just didn't really develop. What, what's your theory on that? They never, they never accepted hip hop as a full time radio station, mm. like how New York had Jammin high ninety seven. No, no, no. Yeah, jamming, right, yeah. jamming was playing pop, and then they would throw some hip hop in, mm. and they'd be pop and hip hop and pop, 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 hip hop, hip. You know, so it never really took on that full energy of hip hop. I think that's needed mm. to kind of shape a city. If Boston would have, 
if Boston would really would have allowed for a hip hop station like a Hot 97, mm. I mean, hell, you go to North Carolina and some, Charlotte has like three or four main radio stations playing hip hop mm. in the city. Like main, you know what I'm saying? You know, B, you know, uh, ones, you know, A stations in the city and Boston never, jamming is not one, it's never been one, it's never gonna be one, but that's the reason. We've never had a radio station to, to represent the city. and. We're, the t- we're in the top 10 media market, meaning as far as media advertising stuff, mm-hmm. but not in hip-hop. Right. We would have to go to Providence just to go to um, hip-hop shows, just right. to Providence Civic Center. They wouldn't, like the Fresh Fest, they would never, ever come to Boston. Boston would never, like the Garden, the Garden would never, ever hold hip-hop shows. Really? So never. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Run DMC could never, unless, you know, if they came with Aerosmith, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But hip-hop, forget about it. So the Providence Civic Center used to hold all the the Fresh Fest and everything, so we'd have to drive to the Civic Center. See, that's so interesting because it, it, it's a testament to the, the fact that the cultural institutions in a city essentially yes. will help decide how yes. prevalent w- the culture that develops out yes. of them is. Yeah. A radio station is key. But everybody in New York City takes Hot 97 for granted, power for granted. They don't give nah, a fuck. Man, listen, Especially what, in this day and age. Man, listen, when, when we used to drive to New York, as soon as you hit Hartford, Hot 97's uh, signal was so strong, you'd catch it in Hartford. Mm. So Hartford's about an hour and a half away. So halfway there, you get Hot 97. Back then, you're hearing that, yeah. Mm. That, that's, that's cool DJ Red Alert. When you hear shit like that, we go crazy. Like, cause we don't got no station like that, man. Mm. So we don't, we just put it on, put it on the radio, and we'd be excited, smoking all the way up there. Right. And that's that's where you heard the rawness of hip hop, the real, the real rawness of what hip hop was about, and mixed in with the DJ because it just wasn't about playing songs. It was the personality of the DJ and what he said over the songs and his energy and his attitude, like, and the scratching, like everything was all. It was a vibe, and see, you know, that's not there anymore, but I know for sure that if Boston would have had a a radio station like that, Boston would be way better off as far as talent getting exposed. Mm. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. No, yeah, I always, like, put some thought into that. So you don't think it has anything to do with the racial composure of Boston because there are a shitload of people of color, and it's kind of interesting that none of them is really— not nobody. I don't want to, like, take anything away from all the people who have been relevant in hip-hop over the years. No, not not. That's a fair question, but at the end, because people are wondering why why not. But it's true. Um, you got to have—you got to have—like, they don't allow, like— uh, energy to come up now you could say it's through black people right but hip-hop is just too synonymous with black people so it's just all the same thing like if you know they don't allow like showcases and they they, they just don't allow the energy like they they've suppressed black culture in boston now we all know it's been a racist city like you know i mean there's just now a bunch of um, HBO specials and everything where people are watching and movies where they're watching about the 70s busing and the mm-hmm. segregation and desegregation and it's like um, it's like wow like you know people were like damn this is how Boston was you know I'm sitting with my girl my girl's from Atlanta all her family's from Atlanta from the south and I live in Atlanta and you know we've been watching these different Boston there's, um, there's a movie about like the busing Long story short, she was like, damn, they're really racist up there. Now, this is somebody from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, saying that. And, you know, it, it's like people don't, you know, I think I think that Boston, Boston's media hit it. I don't know if they purposely hit it, but it just hasn't got out to the masses on how hard 
it is growing up black in Boston mm. and just not, and, and it transcends to hip hop. You know what I'm saying? With me, you know, I was in the streets 24 hours a day. So this is when hip hop was in the streets. Mm. So, you know, we, we doing block parties, we doing house parties, we battling, we at the roller skating ring. I mean, we, that's what hip hop was. It was always outside. It was an entertainment that was from the streets, in the streets, you know what I'm saying? For the streets. And, once it started taking on its thing, it's like Boston just didn't want to support it, you know. And not just that, you could see like African American bookstores, there aren't no anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't. You know, even basketball. You know, you you can't necessarily have. You know, they have a couple of basketball tournaments or whatever. Like Mike Bivens from New Edition is. He just did a good job at really getting one going on again. But it's like even the af- even the athletics. There's not a lot of. Boston people in the NBA, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's, it's just not hip hop, it's just anything that has to do with a black man that's grown up in Boston, it's hard, man, Adam. I think oh. there's something about being the first superstar out of a city of a particular niche. Like for example, you know, you could say a lot about the musical history of Chicago, but when Chief Keef comes out in 2011, that opens up the floodgates for you know multiple street rappers to pop off out of Chicago year after year after that. And sometimes I wonder mm-hmm. if in Boston, like if 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 you know Snoop Dogg it was hard to imagine if Snoop Dogg had been from right, Boston right. and had came out in '91, if that would have opened up the people's understanding of what it is to be a guy from Boston, and that would have kind of created like a flow over that's, the years. That's a fair thing, but then when you look at Snoop Dogg, Long Beach and Cali shaped Snoop Dogg for him to be who he is and yeah. why people love him. Because you it's, have to be so magnetic <laughs> in order to educate the public about what a dude from that city right. is if they don't already have an archetype. The same reason why right. it's almost impossible to imagine a rapper from England popping off to the extent where Americans at large care about them because we are so obsessed with our own personal experience. Right. Well, it's hard for us to like put ourselves in the shoes of a person from another country. Even in England, that's people speaking our language. Yeah. Picture somebody coming from a country, uh, from France, France from right, Germany, right. whatever, like super hard to imagine American it, it, taking listen, to listen, that. Listen, the, the, the couple of times I've, I've been to France, their hip hop is so what I love, like, Probably the like as far as internationally the sound that I love. Nothing mm. against anybody else because there's a lot of great. I mean, right now a lot of international artists are popping off. But back in the day when I would go there, they'd be rapping over boom bap beats and like the, their language is already like a flow. Mm. Their language. So even though you don't understand what they're saying, that should just be flowing with the beats. With you know, and 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 they was heavy into like boom bap beats, like mm. heavy into boom bap hip hop, like the essence of hip hop. So I always like you know that type of shit. But, you know, I mean, your environment shapes you, man. You know what I'm saying? Really, mm. musically, too. So from my perspective, as I start to hit, you know, the, the age where I have my driver's license when I'm, like, you know, 16, mm-hmm. I start every couple of days, like, or at least once a week, I would head off to the Barnes & Noble because and I start Noble. to realize, like, I don't even got to buy it. I can just kick it at the Barnes & Noble <laughs> or the Borders, and I can I can read The Source and Double XL and the BMX magazines and right. the skateboard magazines I wanted to check out and shit like that. And so this is also 2000, 2001 or whatever, okay. when okay. the great Double XL Source beef was emerging. Okay. okay. And so I become familiar with Benzino as a result, basically, of that conflict. Of and, that whole and, situation. And I'm... Right. 
pretty aware at that time that I'm basically in the middle of a propaganda war between these two publications. Well, well, yes. I mean, well, well, it looked it like that with me because back then everything was just everything was personal with me, and that I didn't, I didn't, um, I don't think I fully, you know, what I'm saying, uh, uh, I don't want to say grew up or matured, but I still was, even though. I learned a lot being at the source and, and learned a lot on how to be a businessman on the fly up there. Um, I still had that that hip hop, oh, if you disrespect me, that personal thing. And the thing with the XXL and the, the, the see, XXL was necessary when now that I'm older, I could say that because, mm-hmm. you know, we only we, we're only putting one artist a month, you know, on the cover. That's 12 artists a year. There's way more artists. So it's nothing wrong with uh, XXL coming in. Now, we knew from the beginning that XXL basically just copied our blueprint. It was Coke and Pepsi. We, we understand that part. The thing with XXL that people didn't know, the XXL was owned by people that, that was um, before, before they copied the source. They had like Golf Digest, Fields and Stream, Hunting Digest, mm. um, like a whole bunch of different kind of like outdoors, you know, nothing to do with hip hop at all. They just seen us making all this money and they figured, hey, look, you know, that's when they came and got Elliot, mm. you know, made him. I mean, every move they made when you look back, it was 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 a brilliant business move. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, now that, you know, that I'm old enough to understand and, you know, all that's behind me now. But, you know, when I look at it, XXL was necessary. I just look at that, look at it honestly, like we was the greatest and XXL was necessary. Vibe was necessary. They were great magazines. You know what I'm saying? Um, there was no internet, so you know people don't realize the, the, all the hard work those eight, nine-page features that them journalists had to do with writing and editing. I mean, a lot goes into making a magazine, and you know the people, all the people at the source that was responsible, all of them from all the years, man, did did amazing jobs. It's just fascinating when you compare the media landscape of that time to now, where nowadays the media landscape. I mean, there's a lot of contentious issues between people and of stuff. Course. But somebody like me and Vlad or academics or Sean Cotton from Say Cheese, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, for the most part, we're able to get along pretty well because we all understand that the average consumer is probably going to consume content from all of us, right. depending on who makes the best stuff. And we all know that none of us has a monopoly on getting the best guests and we can all try our best to get whoever to do the best guests or the best conversations or whatnot. But ultimately, it's very easy for the consumer to pick and choose whatever they want to consume, which is completely different than the source in Double XL, where you realistically probably couldn't have assumed that the average consumer was going to buy two different hip hop magazines right, in a right. month. Like it, it was an environment that right. really lent itself to an all or nothing well, worldview. M- well, when the Eminem situation happened, XXL found found it, found their lane. You know, found their you know, their, their advantage to say, you know what, let's go all the way with these guys. I mean, they, at that point, they was like really together, mm. you know, Interscope and XXL. Like they pretty much partnered up at that point after that. Right. Um, you know, so it so when it looked like, okay, Benzino has the source and Benzino's putting what he wants. Well, okay, come on, join us because, you know, we're already going against the source. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, these are these are these are understandable and move. Listen, competition, man. You know, there's no rules in in in, in competition, and you know, um, even within that part of it, it's going to always go down in history and hip hop because that's probably never happened that way before. You know, when you look back at that whole skirmish and everything, do you? 
tend to assume that it was largely predicated on, and I know there was like business reasons behind the scenes and everything, but do you think that Elliot slash double XL were geniuses in the way that they went about it? Or do you feel like the source and, and yourself and Dave and stuff had just gotten really, really comfortable and weren't necessarily like doing what you needed to well, do to compete in this new media landscape that I was mean, changing a lot at that time? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, we still was the ones that did the awards, the TV shows, mm. you know what I'm saying? I still really had the face where, I mean, and you know, no disrespect to Elliot in this present time, you know what I'm saying? Elliot's, you know, gone on to accomplish great stuff, but you know what I'm saying? Those guys, we just was doper than them in every form of fashion. You know, what the source had was this was this guy from Boston who's been involved in hip-hop his whole life and was really in the streets, and that's what they had in me. And pretty much every, everything else was college guys, guys from college mm. and in their perspective on how they looked at hip-hop, but it necessarily wasn't a guy involved with the source or involved with XXL that really was a street guy, really was... You know what I'm saying? And but not just a street guy, but also a hip hop guy. And, you know, um, I think that was our advantage. I always thought me, however, I was the face of the magazine for good or bad. I think that that's what made the source official, because at the end of the day, it still come from the streets. And see, XXL, you know, everybody knew that they every I mean, from the covers to everything for Bradham, everybody knew that they copied us. And, you know. That's why we was trying so hard to really make the Source Awards a success and put out TV shows and compilation albums because, you know, we know magazines, listen, hey, Coke and Pepsi, you know, you're going to get Pepsi, you're going to get some people like Pep, but what's going to set us aside is what's outside the pages. And that's really what I kind of took pride on. Like my, 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 my title, and I never really got off on titles, was like the chief brand officer, but my idea was to do things now that the brand is already out there for a magazine and the stories and the five mics and the quotables, the unsigned hype, the word on the streets, the air to the street. Now that that we've already got that unlocked, let's try to take it outside. Let's let's see the vision more. You know, the, the Grammys ain't giving us no props. Let's go do our own award show. We never made money in the first like seven award shows that we did. It was a loss. Even when we did it with UPN. We got a couple of TV shows, the Source Sound Lab. We was able to give Ray J his first hosting gig um, in Egypt. And then we did, uh, we even hired Tigger. We, we were the first one to put the um, the boxing ring and have guys go at each other. Um, it came on every Saturday on UPN. It was like a Soul Train type of hip-hop Soul Train. And then we did the thing with Lisa Ray Tretch, the Source All Access, the hour-long weekly magazine show that we was doing in syndication. So, you know, we was trying to expand the brand and we seen a, a vision. So it's not like it was making money right there, but we seen the vision to take us a, so we could be further from XXL. Mm. Yeah. And, but it's interesting because I feel like that's a tale as old as time that a media company or a business in general will kind of like take their eyes off of the content or the business that has made them popular in the first place. And then, put more attention onto creating new revenue streams, new aspects to, to the brand. <laughs> but then meanwhile, if your competition is really going all in on the base product, which in this case is the, the magazine, it can sometimes like sort of exasperate the problems That's and, a good and, point. and make it happen faster than it would have but, otherwise. But like if we, if we would have started seeing that we would have pulled out now, now, okay. The things that were, were starting to pro progress was the awards. The awards was mm. starting to progress where, where exactly which is, you know, you're exactly right because there was um, the source.com. 
that ultimately kind of like ended me and Dave's reign at the source. Right. Because, so, because you were a little too forward thinking, right? Because you knew Dave, the internet was I, the future. I don't future. want to take no okay. responsibility for that because at that time, see, me and Dave were partners and a lot of times, like, the, the, the stuff that were outside the pages that were definitely my imprint on with the awards, the hip-hop hits, the source, all access TV show in, the, um, the one on Saturday, um, in the hip-hop hits. These five things were like the things that I was doing, a couple other things that really didn't latch on. But those things were starting to get successful. Dave came up, and um, Steve Stout, that runs United Masters, mm -hmm. and H. Edward Young. He was one of Dave's original partners from the very start, one of the four original partners. They said, hey, well, let's do Source.com, you know. And, hey, we could be getting, this is going to be the new thing, this is going to be, and... I, like it, it made no sense to me. Like I, I couldn't even keep up in the meeting. It just you know I'd be getting bored. I, and I eventually I just said, look, Dave, you know I, I t you know I trust you. You know, so you know they went and got the loan for um, well, Dave told me nine million back then, but come to find out it was twelve million dollars. Mm. All right, it was a twelve million dollar loan, and it was at like some I think twenty twenty five percent interest, and it was a, it was it was from a bank, a small bank. In Providence, Rhode Island, and this is where you're, 2001. Man. No, before that. Before that, ooh, okay. This was like 90, maybe 99, 2000. So like pre dot com bust. Right around that time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So took a lot of people out. So they went and got a, a brand new office on Fifth Avenue, and I walked in. He said, "Come here, I want to show you something." And there's like 30 desks with these big ass white computers on there. Big stupid, <laughs> like this mm -hmm. is huge, big boxes. And I, again, it just didn't, I don't want to say impressed because that's sounding like, I don't want to sound mean, but it just didn't, like, I, I just didn't, I didn't see it. Mm. I didn't understand it. So it just, I, I was like, okay, Dave, boom, boom, got up out of there. And then come to find out later that um, it crashed. The whole thing crashed. It didn't work. And we owed the, it, it, the, the payments ballooned up to $30 million. So the website was never online and operational? It, it was. It really, it started. And it had a lot of problems. And it source.com got up and it just it wouldn't it wouldn't work because see also what people had understood. And now see, this is the part that I knew. There's no way that you're trying to put all this content or the, the theory of having all this content online and you think you're gonna sell the magazine. It's the same content. Mm. Like one has to push the other. One has to be and I knew that back. See, I my mind knew at least knew that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew it's like you you can't put the same content, just digitize it and put it in there and think that, okay, now we're going to get double the advertisement because they'll know because nobody had phones, Especially nobody had computers. Because the bread and butter is people going to the store and buying the fucking magazine. So, like, how could you possibly accept the idea that we should just be giving all this information for, away for free on it, the site? But they seen it. Yeah, They've seen it, and I rem also I remember Russell Simmons buying up everybody's dot com rights back. These were the early, and I just didn't know what the fuck this shit was. Now, years later, look at look at look at look at mm -hmm. what's happening. Because I still remember <laughs> the approximate time period in like two thousand five when I stopped buying Double XL and the Source because the emerging hip hop blogs at that time basically were doing a better job at reporting on hip hop day to day, and it started to be that I would go and and pick up a, a copy of Double XL, and there would be some cool stuff, some interviews and stuff like that. But for the most part, it didn't really have a lot to offer in comparison to the the drip feed of news that I was getting every day from looking so at these think, blogs. Think about that. Then so it was five years and. Five, there was five years too early. Mm. 
It was five years too early. And that's and, and listen, Steve Stout and Dave's brilliant because they really was the pioneers of this hip-hop advertising thing. Mm. I mean, the, honestly, like, you know, when it comes to that, I can wholeheartedly say that them two there had a lot to do as far as getting companies to buy into hip-hop and buy into young black men from the street because mm. that was the, that was the, um, that was the, that, that was the blowback, the pushback. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, they was, they was apprehensive on dealing with that type of thing. And it took years. And Dave and Steve crawled so a lot of people can run right now. When you look back at that time period, like one feeling that I have when I grab a copy of the Sorcerer XXL from 95 and I look through it is that the advertising and the editorial match up like one to one. Like right. if there's a full length right. article about right. some dude, there's also right. a six page right. advertising right. spread for right. it. Right. I'm sure that didn't really seem up or, or, or you know like an issue at the time, but like, was it really as corrupt as it now seems when I look at it? Bro, bro, <laughs> how the hell can you give, uh, how about this one? I'm gonna go to that one, but how, you're Sony and you're spending all these millions with us a year and then after you give us artists and we give them two mics. Hmm. Come on. At a time where two mics versus four mics is like literally. Two mics is a disrespect. There's probably like hundreds of thousands of album listen, sales that aren't happening I, if that album gets a two star. I used to have to tell Dave, Dave, listen, tell them don't give nobody two mics no more. Yeah. Like this, please. Yeah, but it's the integrity and that's, a, I don't give a f no more two mics. You know what I'm saying? Like it's disrespectful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 you know, especially if, if we're dealing with, this is the problem. And I've said it before, all this integrity th shit gets thrown out the window when there's money involved. Mm. It's hard to have integrity in business when there's money involved. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be a schmuck, but if you're if you're getting an advertising dollars from somebody and they're like and and you're disrespecting their artists, then what the fuck you think they're gonna you know what I'm saying? Then they're gonna stop pulling advertising. So we have to tell you, hey, you don't have to be so truthful mm. of you know what I'm saying. Understand that this is how you get your check paid. This is how the lights go get get put on. This is how we get money. It's wild though because I was just reading an article about Pitchfork which laid off like half their staff yesterday or the, over the past couple of days and Pitchfork it was basically like the indie rock like equivalent or like pop equivalent of, of the source of double I know exactly I don't they know. get good reviews, honest reviews. But they have, like, over the years, one of the main things that people point to as to why it kind of lost its cultural relevance, a big part of it was the fact that they sort of stopped giving bad reviews. And they, they it became like a, like, it was told to the office, you can't do a bad Beyonce review. You can't do a bad Taylor Swift review. But I think that, like, if you really want to hold on to your audience in the long term, you have to be willing to be negative. You have to be willing to point at something popular and say that shit sucks. It has to be a balance. Yeah. You have, and that, and, and those are, those are the ones that survive and flourish because mm. you have to balance it. Like, you know, me, a lot of artists didn't like me because they, they, they think, and the reason that they didn't get what they thought they were supposed to get Mike ratings because I had something to do with it. And that was far from the case. Mm. You know, a couple of times, you know, I stuck my nose in there was, you know, the Eminem time. And I, and we talked about the outcast time. Um, a couple of times I won Jeezy and thing, not bad. Good too. Like I've, I've put up mics and then, but for the, all the hundred, maybe thousand, you know, I was there for a hundred, maybe 200 magazine, 192 magazines, the 18 years I was there. So, you know, I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? Shit happens, but it's, it's hard to walk that tightrope because, you know, you got to understand and see, I'm again, 
There's the business side of the magazine. There's the journalistic side. I'm trying to keep both because they used to like, man, can you talk to Dave? People used to think that it was me, but it was Dave was the one that was, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'd be like, hey, you think you could talk to Dave Zeno, you know, about, you know, I'd be the ones to make sure dudes would get bonuses and, and, and raises and, you know, guys from out of jail. You didn't have to just be in college. Guys come out of jail. If you was a good writer, come on, I'm going to try you. Like, that was, you know, straight, straight from the streets. You ain't never, all right, come on, let me try you. Some worked out, some didn't. Mm. But, you know, I was like that guy where I was trying to be, you know, I'd have to be back and forth and then tell, you know, Dave, get mad at somebody. Dave, give him a break, man. You know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm back there smoking weed with him on the terrace. So, you know, people, people thought way different of my, of who I was and what I did up at the source. And, you know, I'm not going to act like it was always Disneyland up that moment because it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of, we had a lot of issues, but for the most part, you know, coming to work, man, and just smoking weed and hip-hop, listening to music and writing. That was an amazing job for everybody up there. People I should know. be grateful. I wish it was that simple still, where, like, the, the, the magazine was, like, a real totem to the art. Yeah. Whereas you feel like now when you look at hip-hop media that the vast majority of it has nothing to do with the music. <laughs> Not at all. It's all about who's got a problem with who or, you know, even just interviews. Well, the artistry isn't about the... I don't want to cut you off, but the yeah. artistry isn't about the rapping no more. Artistry really is about who the person is. Like, mm. hip-hop used to lead everything. Now, internet leads hip-hop. Mm. See, that's, you know, that's what's fucking it up. Hip-hop used to, when, it, when it, the internet first came, hip-hop was leading it. Now the internet's leading this. When the internet leads it, you just have to be a, a personality. Mm. You don't even got to know how to fucking rap. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where it's kind of fucking it up. Hip-hop was always the leader, the big, you know, the big, you know what I'm saying? Nothing would be bigger than here comes the internet and it's leading hip-hop. Mm. It's crazy, though, because... That time period of the, the Benzino, Shady Records, Double XL war, when I look back on Can it. Do I light at him? Uh, do I have a lighter? I think I probably have a lighter. I have a lighter. Um, I think, and especially like, because last night I was doing some reviews of the uh, original Eminem N word tapes, as well as uh, his disses Did about you, you the, and everything. You the original? Uh, I listened to some of it on whatever's on YouTube. Oh, well, no, we see that. There's original tapes out there that we stuffed in. So if somebody got one of those, that's really what you, what you want to get your hand on. Oh, and but you don't have access to any of the original stuff. I have nothing. I have okay. no magazines. I have no tapes. I just because. All right. Well, let's just start there then. There's a Vlad TV interview with Benzino where Benzino, or excuse me, not with Benzino with Bizarre where Bizarre. Sorry. That's, I'm mostly saying sorry to you, uh, but where Bizarre says that the, the original version of the tape. Because there's like a snippet from one of the songs and the, the essence of it is basically like Eminem saying black girls are stupid, black girls are dumb, black girls, yada, yada. It's like the weirdest, most offensive shit you could possibly imagine. Bizarre says that in its full context, it was basically like a song that was kind of like taking shots at girls of all different races. <laughs> and that that was cut down to just this one Bro, chunk that makes no, it no. sound like it was all about black okay, women. Okay, so let me, let me explain what happened. We got sued from Interscope, yeah. we had to go to federal court yeah. because when Eminem first said that he didn't make the tape, that's not me, that's not me. Then they ended up, once we did our homework, remember, the three guys, his guys, came and sold us the tape. Mm. It's not like we just, these are guys that made the tape with him. You know right. what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, how you gonna, you can't refute that. But we got sued because they said it was copyright infringement. 
So that's already admitting that it's yours if you're going to sue us for copy. So when we went there, the judge said that because the, the, the tape was about 40 minutes long. Mm. And it was like, imagine like we, we used to make them way back in the day. Like you would go in the crib and just rap over a whole 40 minute hour of beats and everything like that. But he was, you know, had he had some racial shit in there, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And um, the judge wasn't gonna allow us to to, to stuff the whole, because we won't, because now we got the tape. We want they're trying to stop us from stuffing the tape in the magazine and shrink wrapping it and sending it and sending it out. That that was my idea. Right. I'm like, we're gonna shrink wrap the tape of 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 this tape that because I they tried they've been trying to sell this tape for over a year. Mm -hmm. There was like I, two white guys, Maddox and son, and the, I think they're both dead. I think Both two dead. of them are dead, or two, three, two out of the three are dead. Like it's some for sure. Eminem put that bag on him. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see. I don't know. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't because you know because then he should have put the bag on him before the before tape got that, out. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? That's why it doesn't make sense. Hindsight. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I, I don't. I think they just died. I don't think it had anything to do with Eminem. But right. what I do think is that. Um, they was trying to shop the tape and get fifty bands for the tape. For the it was you gave them fifteen. Fifteen thousand. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I paid them in. I gave them five that day. They was happy. We put them up in a hotel. Gave them after I sent them, I think, another five and another five. And then I heard one of them died. Then I heard another one of them died. And I just was like, but it was never no song about, you know what I'm saying? And if you, I bet you if you go ask Bizarre something now, Bizarre probably be like, yeah, what? Because, you know, Bizarre somewhere probably, you know what I'm saying? Bizarre's a cool dude. Bizarre don't want, Bizarre knows that. And, 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 and of course, I'm sure a lot of those guys don't want to get on here and bash Eminem because I'm sure Em did a lot for him, but a mm. few of those guys really ain't doing that well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and no disrespect to them because I know what it's like to like be out here struggling and, and you know what I'm saying? But he made a lot of money, so whatever happened with them, you know what I'm saying, um, it's not going the same. Okay. So, and that's up, and that's their business. So whatever Bazaar said, it was you could probably get a different answer out of him right now. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, we had no reason to lie about that. Like, he made the tapes. He, he said all these things. The judge just made me say, you can do 30 seconds. So I had to take, bitch. I had to take all the ill shit, cut it, and put, then we shrunk wrapped it. It was 30 seconds. Because the judge wouldn't let me do nothing else. You know, and we won. And they had to pay our lawyer $200,000. Right. Nobody ever knew that. That is a big W for the little guy right there, though. A federal case. We won a federal case against Interscope. Jimmy and Eminem. And this, this is like an era where fair use and like the understanding of what could be put out in that regard was like very much less clear. Very smart, yeah. Because now you could just make a YouTube video and you could call the YouTube video, let's talk about Eminem's racist tapes, and then you could put little snippets of all that shit and nobody's going to be able to tell you shit. Bro, that was like a precedent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I mean, who knew it was going to go that far? Mm. I mean, honestly, like, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like, I... You know, me having the magazine, I took it far because I had the magazine. So it did because of the magazine and the influence and the power the magazine had. I could see now how it how it looked. You know, mm. um, it was it was a crazy time, Adam. Man, you know, I mean, people think that like once that happened with Eminem and the Source, that that's was that's was the down. But it wasn't. That had nothing to do with it. Like when Jimmy took his ads. We still had Cadillac, McDonald. Mm. You know, we said, you know, what I'm saying, you know, we still had the other labels. You know, that was, you know, granted they had shit maybe 50 percent of hip hop at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a big roster. Interscope was very, very 
whatever was on Universal, not even just Interscope, whatever was Universal, Jimmy was running it. But if we're talking about 2001, 2002, I mean, magazines basically were in a death spiral like five years later. That's what happened. So no matter what, this is the direction it was going. Because, okay, that's one thing I wanted to mention to you, too, is that a lot of people give 50 Cent credit for destroying Ja Rule's career. And I've heard it argued by some people who make very compelling cases that Ja Rule's career was already in a death spiral Look, by the time 50 started going in on him. My, my opinion is this. Every music has its time, all right? People, Ja, ja, ja make, ja, Ja's biggest music really can be looked upon as pop, mm -hmm. all right? Great hooks, um, upbeat, happy music that older people can play, very, very light curse words, you know what I'm saying? J-Lo singing, Ashanti singing, everybody's singing. These are major stars. Um, it was just a time for a shift for some gangster shit, and 50 was the gangster shit. Mm -hmm. And once he got with Doc, see, it be, it's, it's about timing, bro. Yeah. Like, Jaws music had its time. Now here comes some gangster shit. It didn't have to be 50. It could have been somebody else. Mm -hmm. The music was going to push Ja's music aside, not necessarily Ja's career, because he's never lost his career. Mm -hmm. Ja still makes a lot of money. He's one of the few artists that can still make a lot of money touring around the world because them songs he did are timeless. And, you know, um, 50 being the bad guy and coming in, because remember, he came with the mixtape. It's not like he just came in and knocked Ja out. There was a few artists of that genre of music that got knocked out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just looked to Ja because they had the beef. But it, it wasn't Ja's career that died. It was that type of music yeah. that, you know what I'm saying, died. And I heard somebody make this point the other day. I thought it was really well said, was that when 50 came out, that was the first time that you had the number one rapper who was also the number one street rapper. And that had never happened before. Because he got, because again, everything aligned up perfectly for 50. He got with Eminem. He got with Dre, mm -hmm. like, and then and then in New York, he's he he already put in the work with the mixtapes for the street shit. It just was a perfect situation because we were so used to at that time. If you wanted to be this big commercial rapper, like we all, when you go back and listen to albums from the late '90s and shit, it'll be like a bunch of dope shit, and then there'll be a couple shamelessly pop records. You were just basically forced to That's make those shit. records. That was the only way that the labels were going like to take a big no risk more. on you. Yeah, yeah. And now a big NBA YoungBoy song typically sounds like a fucking NBA YoungBoy song. They're not. There's no label telling it's, them that right. they need to do something. Yeah, different. we need to do a pop song so we can get it on Power 73. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. There's none of that shit no more. You know mm. what I'm saying? Which is good. Right. You know, it's like thank goodness for that. Um. I just think that, you know, it's, it's a, like hip-hop shifts, and Ja just got caught up in a shift. But like I said, he them songs will live on. He will perform them songs for the next, a lot, as long as he can, he can perform them, honestly, because everybody grows with those hmm. songs. And people don't realize women. You know, people kind of, you know, when, when they think about Ja's career and Ja's, like, it's a— guys think about it through a beef situation, and beef situation usually comes through guys. Mm-hmm. Women ain't thinking about that shit. Right. Women want to party, have a good time, drink, shop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That beef and shit, they're not impressed with that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? It's, it's the guy's mentality. You know what I'm saying? Even when they're older. Yeah, 50 Cent ruined Jarrah's Go ahead, man. This is his career, when I looked at it, it never got ruined. Mm -hmm. it, like, you can't ruin a person's career, you know what I'm saying, that has sold the millions of song that Ja Rule sold. But the other thing, too, is that they had the Murder, Inc. Fed case at the time, which also 
makes it look as if Shady Aftermath had this gigantic victory over them, when in reality that Fed case made it like extremely hard for them to move as a cohesive Listen, business as well. I went through the same shit. You know, I got indicted with the so you know, like they the the guy at the source wore a wire. Um, you know what I'm saying? The, our, our accountant, and it was it was crazy. But back to the Irving M, just like us, the Feds. When when you're making all that money, Irving M was making so much money. When you're making all that money, they're really not understanding that. They're really not. Excuse me. I'm sorry. They're really not understanding that 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 people that young guys from the street with criminal records are making money now with hip hop, and they're mm -hmm. making millions. And they don't have to kind of like sell drugs anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're actually making more money than they did when they sold the drugs. So especially you, Murder Inc. What'd you get indicted for though? So, okay. There was a federal investigation with the source because at, at, it, there was a point where, you know, we're making a couple of million dollars a month in advertisement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Boston, there was always, you know, in, in investigating me for a lot of different shit. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Especially being like one of the only people of color coming out of the hip hop community who's making real money. I mean, but you know, before that, it was the you know the situations, um, just hood shit, and you know me coming okay, up, yeah. and you know Boston, the hood of Boston is only you know ten fifteen miles radius, you know, mm. you know what I'm saying. So it, it's not like it's too difficult, you know, when you think about it now to look to to, to get on a nigga, um, but. They was on me, you know what I'm saying? There was there's stories like Jader and them was telling the story that when they we got the situation with them that the, when when they went, you know, like they told the story when right, yeah. when they got locked um, when they got t taken down to the station and the cops were asking them the cops asked yeah. them how come they didn't get me? Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, what type of shit is, you know what I'm saying? What type of shit is that? And see, I knew they was doing that because, you know, when when I linked up with Jada and the guys from the Rough Riders and we was there to talk about what happened and squash it. Um, that's when they told me, and it was like, man, what did you do? What did you do up there? He said, man, he said, he, you know, Jake, he called me Ray. He said, Ray, man, they, they really want to, he said, man, they trying to f with you up there. And see, but this has been for years, for mm -hmm. years. Like, I'm talking like, if you ever seen the fourth trial on um, HBO's, my man Stutter, shout, you know, and it was about this cop getting killed. Dirty cop, Joe Mulligan. And he come from a family of cops, but dirty, man, dirty, dirty, dirty. So, so he got killed. Now Joe Mulligan used to chase me. The, the first cop to ever shoot at me was Joe Mulligan, this cop. So it's like people don't realize how, like Boston, like, like you know, because I've been to a lot of other cities. Like Boston, it's since it's racist, we we're boxed in on what we could do, and now you're fighting against blocks that are literally like maybe five blocks down every day, all day. And they, every, it's pump shotguns and revolvers. It wasn't, you know, dudes, whole shit was getting blown off because they was getting hit with shot, pump shotguns, sawed offs. Like Boston was a hard town to grow up in. And, you know, then it had its projects too. And all the projects are within two, three miles of each other. Bobby Brown's project, New Additions project, not too far, Columbia Point project. You know what I'm saying? With the guys from Detroit, YBI. I mean, you know, Boston, people don't realize how big of a drug city and a hood and gang. You know, there was like gang, probably the first East Coast city to have real gang banging. Like, no question. Mm -hmm. that You know, because they had to hire a gang task force. Probably one of the first East Coast cities to hire a gang task force. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then since then, my name always. So we're starting to get all this money from the source. And, you know what I'm saying? I ended up, we, there was an investigation going on. 
and it was with the feds, and it was this was going on for almost like a year and some change where they'd be sitting downstairs, and we, you know what I'm saying, just like you see on the movies, two, two guys sitting. George Moore, um, a white guy that Dave hired to be our accountant. So he's on the business side of his office next to Dave. And um, he said he got approached over the George Washington Bridge at the Dunkin' Donuts to wear a wire. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now, mind you, we're giving George like 150000 a year, and I think a car allowance. Mm. Now, the only real conversation me and George come up and have is, hey, George, hey, Ray, uh, we talk Patriots and Jets because he's from Jersey. And I, you know what I'm saying? That's it. I don't really know him. So, you know what I'm saying? When I come in, my conversation usually be with Dave. I might go to the other side, see a couple of guys on the other side. But, you know, I never had an office up at the source the whole time at the source. I just ain't an office guy. I get, I get you know what I'm saying? I never really, you know what I'm saying? I, it would just be a waste. I, I, I tried to make it look good, but then I ended up giving it to somebody. But it's, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I was hardly there when I did. I would just, there was a couch in Dave's office. I just get on there. We smoke blunts and we talk all night. Dave stayed across the street in Union Square. And man, man, we used, that's where we made all the decisions. But I, I, I never understood why he would wear the wire. When they asked him that, they said he thought it would be fun or that would be an adventure. I don't know what it was like. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what he said. That's an amazing excuse. And, I never heard that. Bro, and like, and, and this, this is the craziest shit was that he had a, he had like a, uh, like a, a thing, right, one day. And he's the only one to be wearing them, like a little name badge or something, right? Okay. With a number across it. And I'm like, and it, and it didn't dawn on me, right? I'm like, nobody else up here got this motherfucking thing on this shit. So I'm thinking of something that all accountants in New York must have. <laughs> See, I swear to God, I'm thinking like it's a taxi thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're a taxi. You need the you emblem. Know I'm thinking maybe. Medallion. Maybe all, because he didn't have it before, but then he wore it every day and I'm like maybe in my mind this is what I thought it was that this is this is something that he got to, this is what all accountants got to wear that right he's an accountant maybe he's a New York accountant and that's what that was because I did not that was the fucking wire wow so he wore that the charges was extortion money laundering two murders in Boston um uh it was like two, two, three other charges, and they was already trying to offer me like twenty five years. And they, they had recordings of you talking about they stuff interviewed, related to they this. They interviewed over one hundred twenty people. The feds interviewed over one hundred twenty people, maybe one hundred sixty. Guys would tell me that they was guys was getting pulled out of fed the you know the federal prisons in, in Pennsylvania, and they you know what I'm saying the whole source got interviewed. Everybody, a lot of people in Boston got interviewed. The reason now. That shit fell apart. They were spending too much money, and all of a sudden, they couldn't connect no dots. It fell apart, all right? So now the IRS, because there's two offices. There's criminal, then there's IRS. Mm -hmm. They're both feds, so the IRS said, fuck it, then we're going to indict them. And that's where they gave homie the George the fucking wire and say, look, we need you to get him to say that he's not going to do his taxes. We need you to make him say that shit and now, now this is so now this is a point where this motherfucker, hey Ray, we gotta do taxes. Like, I don't know no fucking taxes, right? So hey Ray, this is starting to happen often. After a while, I'm getting mad. We go on tour. I get you know I I stop answering this call, and I was like Dave, man, what the fuck is the matter with you, man? I said tell him I don't know I don't know nothing about no fucking taxes. This is what this is exactly what I'm saying. This is what we hiring him for. Mm. Like what? Do we, I said why the he keep asking me about this. And I, I never thought that he was a rat or anything. So then 
Then finally, the last straw, when he was caught he, two times, was on the bus, he called two times and was like, hey, Ray, we got to do your time. I hung up on him. Now, the list that they interview people on the criminal, since I never got indicted, I could never, ever see who that list of people are uh -huh. and what they said because I didn't get indicted. But Georgia's list I could see from the wire. So every time I would hang up, you would hear this would be like, he hung up on me again. <laughs> you could hear, because we would hear all this shit behind it because he was still wearing the wire. Uh -huh. So we, I was like, look at this shit. So I got indicted. They offered me um, five years. You know, tax, taxes, everybody, everybody gets it. You know, Al Capone got hit with, with, with taxes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He couldn't. I said, you know what? I'm going to take it to trial. Fuck it. They offered me three. The worst I could get was five. Uh -huh. And Coy had just been born, kind of. It would give me more time with her. I knew I was going. I said, it, let me go do this five. Because everybody around me done did that. It's time for me to go do mine. You know what I'm saying? At that point, I ain't did no serious time. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so I accepted. I said, fuck it. I didn't have nobody come down to the federal. The federal court is this brand new court on the water. Every judge has marble floors. You used to see this shit. Um... This shit look crazy, man. So, so the, I had an all-white jury, because picking your jury, anybody in here know Almighty RSO? Raise your hand. Source Magazine, raise your hand. Made Men, raise your hand. So every black person every is. Every black person comes <laughs> out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there was one Indian, and he was an alternate, right? So it, I knew I was going, so I hired a lawyer. I had a little bit of money. We didn't already lost the source and everything. I had, I had my jewelry left. And my lawyer was going to charge me, like, you know, close to 300000 you know what I'm saying, for the case. So I sold my jewelry, that big Zeno piece. And um, Leonard Sands, little Jewish guy out of uh, Miami, no, Boca Raton, came up there. And, man, five days the trial went on. George came up and testified. I'm sitting there like, I could not believe it, man. I just couldn't. He, he was shaking like I could see him visibly shaking, though, because there was no reason for him to wear a wire on me. Mm. There was no, like, what did I do to you? I've never was disrespectful to him. I mean, the whole time, because Dave hired him. He worked with us for years. Mm. <laughs> this isn't like we just hired this dude. He was with us for years. And 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 I just couldn't, and I'm looking at him, and I don't want to try to mean mugs. I know the, the jury's looking. I'm just like, I damn near was shedding a tear, man, because I, I'm like, damn, like, we was cool. Like, you could tell he was out of place up there because it was hip-hop, and he was kind of like half Italian, half Jewish or something. And and he just was, seemed like he was out of his place. It seemed like, hey, man, where you guys going? Like, we would go to the strip club, and he looked like he wanted to come. Come on, George, you come. Nah, man, I can't go. It just looked like some, I don't know, some Lifetime movie shit was going on <laughs> with him and his wife or something, man. Like, it was just some weird shit going on, and, like, it just seemed like he was like a lonely guy or something, like, you know, here you got the office. The office is popping, music, weed, everybody, you know, bitches is up this crazy. And George is in his office late night, like, how come you ain't went home yet, George? It's like, right. and he's sitting there like, I just couldn't understand why he, and I, and, and I never had a chance to ask him, of course, after that, because, you know, I can't be, be next to him or anything, because mm -hmm. he was a witness. Because usually when people snitch, you don't agree with it, but you totally get it. Like, yeah, nobody wants to go to prison. I, I didn't understand I, it. But this dude didn't even have something like that hanging over what? his head? Nothing. What the fuck? This was crazy, bro. There was no reason. I never, ever had an argument with him. I never, I mean, but again, I'm looking, now that I look, he's just looking at us, and he's probably just 
just jealous. Mm. Just like, look at these young black kids. Look at them. I'm sitting here and I, but, but he's getting paid a lot of money. We gave George, George is making six figures for being our accountant. I don't even, I don't know what the f it was, man, but it's like, you know, for me to get ready to go do some time over that month, just for them, they said they met him in Dunkin' Donuts, bought him breakfast and everything. Right there, and I know the Dunkin' Donuts he got on. Like when you get on George Washington Bridge on four, it's right there. And so you beat this, or what happened? So it was a, um, closing arguments. My lawyer giving the closing arguments. He passes out. So the EMTs come, they pick You're him up. You're a lawyer. My lawyer, <laughs> Leonard Sands, because he was like an old guy. So he passes out and shit. So they bring him back to the judge's chambers. He comes out on the gurney with the oxygen, and he's waving to me. I'm like, oh, shit. So, so when I went back to the hotel, because I was living in Miami at the time, and I didn't even tell nobody about this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want nobody to know. You know what I'm saying? My mother was living at this time. I didn't want, so if I was gonna, it was gonna happen, I was going to be there by myself. And um, so I went back, and then it was, next thing you know, he came back and went to Boston City Hospital, and it was his heart defibrillator up or something. Mm -hmm. Came back, gave closing arguments. Three hours later, not guilty. I almost passed out. I could wow. not believe it, bro. Like, I just, it was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I just grabbed him, man, and I just couldn't believe it because you don't beat federal cases, man. Right. You know, they, you know what I'm saying? And the way this went was just, and even, you know, one thing I do know is this, because the judge at the end of it, she didn't even understand it. The judge is like, what the is going on? What is, she's looking at the prosecutor like, what was this? The prosecutor couldn't say nothing because it, 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 he knew it was a part of a big investigation. Mm -hmm. But when that fell apart, then it was like, okay, we got to get him on something because they didn't spend millions of dollars already investigating me, mm -hmm. following me. Like I was getting followed like I could see them following me in New York when I was living in New York. Wow. It was crazy, man. And then, you know, we, that's when everything started tumbling down after that. Um, after that? Right, like around that same, you know what I'm saying? Right. Everything has just happened. We lost it, you know what I'm saying, to Black Enterprise. And then, yeah, man, it was just, you know, with me, though, see, Dave. Because you had the Hip Hop Daily thing after that, right? Hip Hop Weekly. Weekly, right. But that that was just something just to keep, you know, like, <laughs> Dave took it hard. Mm. Like, Dave took it, like, emotionally hard. Right. To where, like, because, you know, that was his, you know, I mean, he, it, 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 it changed him. You know what I'm saying? Me... I done been through so much crazy shit. This is just like, man, f that. We gonna go get some more money. Let's right. go. You know, it's because we was broke. We didn't have shit. But it's just, <laughs> it's crazy when you look at people's lives who take a big hit in this sort of regard because men build up so much of their self-worth around their net worth and around, you know, the, the network of people that fuck with him and, and, and the, the, the business that you own. And you start telling yourself stories about who you are now and you, and you, you know, convince yourself right. that I'm this entrepreneur now. I'm not a regular guy. I'm a rich guy. I'm a millionaire. I'm, I'm all these things. And then you really get to see what a person is made out of when they lose that and kind of have to just figure out what life is after that. I, you know, I'm be honest. I swear, Adam, like with me, it was, man, like, when went straight to Miami. I was happy being back in Miami, like, you know what I'm saying? Then you know you know who looked out for us? After all the people me and Dave done helped that just went, like, you know who looked out for us? Lisa Ray. Mm. So she was, like, queen at that time. Remember she was she had married the, the king of one of them islands? Right, yeah, yeah. And she was queen. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? She, um, 
she 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 gave us some money and we started you know help with the hip hop weekly thing and it was it was doing good you know I mean it was paying the bills it was we was making some moves and you guys just saw that as a emerging category that could be a good business I came up I came, I came up with that because I was always into the the fanzines and I said look Dave the days of reading eight pages are over with mm. I said now it's quick reading. They want to see pictures. They want to see, you know what I'm saying? They want to, and they want to talk. I said, we, we hired Wendy. I was want to say, let's go get Wendy. We gave Wendy a column, a gossip column. Mm. I was like, this gossip shit and everything is starting to kind of, you know what I'm saying? And I said, well, you know, let's see if we can, although the magazine, that Wendy part was the only gossip part of it, at the other magazine, I just kind of made it like a baby source, just slow reading, you know what I'm saying? Instead of air to the street, word on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of 16 bars, something, you know what I mean? Like we just took little different segments from it and added in there, but just in a much smaller, and we wanted to give it to you every two weeks. We didn't have the means to do it every week because doing a, a magazine every week is, people understand, it's hard as hell doing it every two weeks right? because you have to beat deadlines. And we did it virtually. Like nobody, we didn't have an office. The art director's over here, the journalist is over here, Dave's here editing. I mean, it's it's all, like, we, we really killed that shit. Like, I, I mean, honestly, like, shout to Ward, Dave, Cynthia Horner, Cavario, like, 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 really hardy. Like, everybody worked hard. It was just about six of us, and we was pumping that shit out every two weeks. And, man, like, that, you know, we put a lot of magazine covers out with that. And, you know, paid the bills, kept us out there, but... It wasn't the source. And plus, times changed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, pretty much the magazine game was like really on its last lap after that. Right. Because I feel like the next big hip hop media platform after the source is like World Star. What, what was your perspective on World Star by the time that started to become Good dominant? Good question. Before World Star, was, I think it was all hip hop. True, true. To me. True. Yeah, that'll You run. know what I'm saying? There yeah. was like the digitally, you know what I'm saying? Um, World Star to me broke from that because they was video based. Mm. So anything video based, they was like the first where all hip hop was still trying to do journalism, still trying to write articles and shit. World Star wasn't like into articles, they just playing videos. Mm. So I thought, you know, at that time, you know, like back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Uncle Ralph, you know what I'm saying? You always had different independent video things before MTV came, um, BET. You know, there's not too many platforms. So Worldstar gave it. There was a platform that was needed, mm. and they gave. They was the first to give a huge platform for videos. And because part of when you're describing Double XL, it kind of felt like it was a race to the bottom in a sense. Because one of Elliot's key innovations was, oh, we're going to put fifty on the cover every month, or you know, they partnered up with him four or five times they throughout the course to. of a year. They had to. Mm. They had to. That was the deal they had. Okay, if we're going to, you know, you know then, then yeah, you got to give us this even after the beef. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We still got to run our shit. And then I, th- I think that's what fucked them up, ultimately. You know what I'm saying? Like, believe it or not. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, the one great thing I think that Elliot did with that was like the... Uh, like the young, what's the what's like the young people on the cover? What's that called? Like oh, the freshman cover. The freshman, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I think that was the one, the one thing that that they did, that was you know what I'm saying that to me, they added to the culture with that. See, Source Magazine done so many things for the the five mics is embedded in the culture forever. Mm-hmm. As far as a rating system, like you know what I'm saying, the Source Awards will always be known. You know what I'm saying, so that's embedded in that. Those two things we got. I think that um, XXL can say, hey, look, we got the freshman cover because, you know what I'm saying, I, you know, I, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I Still to this day, that's the only time that XXL is really relevant every year. And, and I will say it. 
the amount of noise that it makes at this point is basically a whimper. Like it, it was a big deal. Even 2016, 2017, those covers were still legendary. I feel pretty safe in saying that five, 10 years from now, we're going to look back at 2023 and say, nobody gave a f- that cover ceased to mean anything. I just point. like, I just like, you know, like the artwork, you yeah. know, one thing about the source, you know, rest in peace to Chimo do, um, you know, our art and photography was always amazing back then. I mean, mm. when you look back at some of the pictures that they did, man, like, um, yeah, we 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 got like that's when again, it's just you know now right now everything is just so fast moving, so fast, fast, fast. Everything's getting put out so fast. Back then, you could just really see how art took its time. You know what I'm saying? To really give you like, because when I just, I'm just thinking now, I'm just thinking of all those images, man, and those covers. And we had some amazing images. And that took, you know, that took, I think, the source progressing to the point of everybody. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In their respective areas of the magazine were at the top of their game. Mm. And it's like we had the dream team at one time, like where things were just as a magazine, you know, nothing about the awards, nothing else, just magazine wise, where shit was just clicking so well, like, you know, with the art and stories and, you know, picking, giving the right mics, you know what I'm saying? Because that's an art in itself because to get everybody to get to, to please everybody. And then people want five, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. well, do not one four and a half and shit like, but yeah, you know the Source magazine, man. I think it just not just timing, but I think at there was a time and period, and it might not have been the entire time, but there was a time and good time period where things clicked to well to where everything that Source was just like putting out creatively was just at the top of its at the top of its game. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and I mean, by the time you get to World Star, it's kind of fascinating because one of World Star's like key innovations that you now you still see the trickle down from it is that they sort of realized we don't really need top superstar rappers to be doing original content for us. We don't need a fifty cent to pose for a magazine cover or doing an original uh, video for World Star because we have Brian Pumper, we have we have Riff Raff, we have all of these weird. F- people in hip-hop that are way outside of the superstar status but they're gonna get millions and millions of views because they are shocking and and we still see that to this day where whether it's double xl or academics say cheese no jumper etc they all are posting a lot of the same user generated content in the sense that you know th- th- most of those publications are not even worried about right. creating like content as right. high quality as what we're doing right now right. but if benzino is taking a shit in the morning and he picks up the phone right. and says hey 
hey, right. he, you know who I don't like? Right. Fuck this guy. Right. Boom. Every single right. site's reposting it right. because it's easy, it's free, it's cheap. It's, right. it's and, and every and that's as a result, most of these media platforms barely have an identity to call their own. And that's why something like this, I have to like, even though we might make more money from selling Instagram promo than from doing actual podcasts. Right. This is the thing that separates us and makes us have like a real identity. Get no debate from me here with that. You're absolutely right. I mean, and and that, but that's that's where it's went. That's where it's going. That's where you know who knows where what it's going to be. But ever since, I mean, you look at Howard Stern. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know it, he wasn't the most hip hopish, but you know, once he started coming out and just people starting to see, hey, wait a minute, you can. Yeah, you can you can say that. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It starts trickling down to hip hop. Like now, it's like the the problem with it now, though, is 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 that it's gonna it's getting too like. You ever see the magazines where you pick up and it's like dragon people found in Arizona? <laughs> That's where we going with it now. Like, <laughs> dragon people, you know what I'm saying? Reptilians found mm. in Lake Lanier. Like we're going there with it and, and see. YouTube is, is starting to be a very strange place now. And if they don't, if they don't be careful, it, it, it'll get to the point, like, it, it, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. If they, if they keep going down that sensational bullshit, it's going to hurt more than, than all the great ones. There'll have to be something else to put on and not YouTube. All the great shit that don't want to be around that, that foolishness mm. and that, you know what I'm saying? Cause they, you know what I'm saying? Like for the most part, you guys are successful because you're putting across a good product. Mm. You're not sensationalizing. They see you, they hear you, you're accessible. Mm. All right. Sensationalizing shit is just somebody, anybody saying, putting some number, getting clickbait, saying the wildest shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, definitely on some um, discrimination shit, de defamation shit, saying any, I mean, it's crazy. I'm just afraid that if it keeps going like that, especially through hip-hop, then that's what's going to hurt. That's what's going to hurt hip-hop more than anything. Because mm -hmm. if that's what's going to be the entertainment, then what the f*** do you need rapping for? You know what I'm saying? If that's where it's at now. If you want to just see some crazy pictures and some crazy f***ing thing, and that's what, like this, that's what gets your rocks off, then it's like, damn, then, you know, you know we've lost what, uh, this, this great thing that, 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 that we've built that was built on something way more, way more, you know, tangible than this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to like, you know, that's what people do on the internet. That's what people do. But I just know that, man, if we could, if, 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 if we could just stay towards the shit that makes sense and shit that brings knowledge and, and good entertainment opposed from the bullshit, then man, how much more stronger would the and how much more money would the culture make? I I honestly think that that type of shit is is going to lose more and more money. I think I don't think that's going to be worth anything. So, so I think it's interesting that uh, hip hop like there's basically two ways to perceive it, and I feel like it's kind of generational. Where from your generation, hip hop is this emerging art form that is representative of your community and your culture. And therefore, it's worth fighting for it to be huge, for it to have integrity, et cetera. Now we live in a world where a huge percentage, definitely the vast majority of hip-hop fans, hip-hop has always been basically the dominant culture mm -hmm. throughout their entire lives. So the idea of like going out of your way to support it or to you know, um, make it great or to, to fight for hip hop 
to be, you know, number one, very, very foreign to people. People right. just kind of have gotten used to just accepting that it is what it is. Right, and, right. And, and that's kind of understandable because they didn't see it grow. They didn't see it blossom up from something else. Even for me, throughout most of my life, it kind of felt like rap was the biggest form of music. Maybe, right. maybe rock or, you know, grunge or whatever is kind of like bigger in the 90s at a back certain then, point. I was going to say back then yeah, it was, yeah. yes. It and, really, and, yes. And even like, I remember around the time I started this podcast, I kind of had this weird realization of like, oh, this EDM shit is getting Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew I, that wasn't gonna last, and though. I didn't like it, and I, I didn't know anything about it. And I remember thinking, like, damn, well, not, like it's maybe, still maybe, popping. Yeah, it's still popping. No, when right, I say yeah, not yeah. gonna last, but I knew it wasn't gonna cross over like everybody thought it was. Right. Like people were really thinking, like this was gonna be the new hip hop shit. Like, I never got it. I'm like, how could this? How could just the beat be better? than a beat with a guy creating some very fascinating, interesting. So I cannot, cannot front like the way most of that shit is chopped the way you chop it. Yeah. But I mean, some of that shit really had a bad, like I'm, I'm all for a big vibe, big type, you know, like mean type shit. So I've, I, I used to feel it, but I knew it wasn't gonna, I knew it just wasn't gonna like, okay, just get in hip hop and then stay in hip hop. I knew it was kind of be like a little fad. I knew that was going to be a fad. Yeah. It yeah. appeals to a very specific There's still a huge audience that yeah. with that. You know what yeah. I'm yeah. Because, you know, everybody was saying that Walker was fucking with EDM heavy and mm. shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people said that kind of killed his career. What, what's that? The EDM thing? That it, you know, kind of took him out of the box that people were used to perceiving him in where he was kind of like the hardest street rapper for a period of time. Uh, and then the EDM stuff kind of was a mixed message for certain well, people. I'm, this is my thing with that. I, I think if it's two separate demographics, it doesn't because Walker's demographic, they're not even into that news of what's going on. They don't know nothing about that EDM shit the, for the most part. So he could always go back yeah. and make a song and still get to his audience mm -hmm. no matter what. That's just how I think. I, again, you know, when people listen, music, you know, people, the only artists kill their own careers. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily people can kill your career. If, if, if you're the type to give up or if you're the type that can't make a good product that people want, then it, that's what happens mm -hmm. naturally. You know, people, it, it's hard, especially when you get touched big success, it's hard. To, you know, only a few can keep that going. You know, only a few can keep, and those are the ones, to me, who you could label a superstar. Like Future's a superstar. Mm -hmm. Like Future has, like, a body of music that keeps strong every time he puts out like it just doesn't get any weaker mm. no matter what is the sound to me that you know what i'm saying when you can always put out good music year after year after year after year that's what makes that's what makes there's only a few of those you know a lot of these guys can only put out a song a song or two and that's it yeah <laughs> and and a lot of them don't realize that once you have like a hot song or a six month period where they're where you're popular it's like this is that might have felt like it was your life's work to get to that point but the the battle to continue to be popular as the years go by that's right. the real challenge because every week that goes by you're gonna have more and more young kids coming out that are fighting for your spot right. and just because of the hip-hop audience's uh, attention span it's just you know it's, it's it's they're quick to write you off i mean even when, when that 21 album came out uh last week which i actually listened to a couple times it's which good. is which is kind of 
out of the ordinary that's for right, me. That's my at this type point. of shit, anyways. That mid gangster. Because right. he's he got the samples, but he's rapping about street shit. It's but like he's Mob all, Deep. He's also elevating. To me is what Mob Deep was. You know what I'm saying? Back mm. in that type of mid tempo, yeah, yeah, yeah. dark. You know what I'm saying? Shit's hot for sure. But I, I feel like one one of the comments I saw on Twitter was I saw somebody say. Oh, so y'all were so ready to cancel the baby for using the same flow on every song. Well, when are y'all going to get to 21? So they're like reaching for reasons to get somebody out the paint. 21's, 21's vibe is different than the baby's. That's what I'm saying. 21's vibe, that 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 the, the beats he picked, those samples and everything, they're different from what the baby's picking. Mm. Baby's more animated. Right. You know, 21 is starting to really get into a soulful Roots, you know, so full. You start, you starting to hear it. You know what mm. I'm saying? I think, like I said, right now, like you know, that's how I used to be. Like when I would put on a Mob Deep album and and, and Havoc produce, you know, those mid tempo dark joints. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think that shit is dope. Twenty One's dope. You know, he's one of the ones I listen to actually. And people are forgetting the Twenty One when he came out and got popular. His music was pretty singular in the sense that it was just straight shoot him up murder shit nonstop. And he's now he's, he, he's got a lot more variety to his shit, and he could still make records that he's sound with hard the chicks as nails now like heavy that. Too, yeah. You know, you mm. know what I'm saying? Chicks are with him heavy. Hey, so hang out with Drake know. that much, you're gonna pick yes. up some game, right? Hey, listen, man. Listen, man, you know what's crazy is like when I'm out there, I do a lot of showcases and I'd be like, man, how long you been rapping? Two years. I'd be That should be blowing me away. Yo. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, you could never be like, I've been rapping two years. <laughs> you could never say anything. You know, it's, just, it's just different, man. It's so easy now just to call yourself a rapper now. Mm. It's like, it's too easy. Yeah. To, you know, I'm a rapper. Like, nah, you got to earn that shit. Mm. Like you, you couldn't come to a block party and there'd be a mic there, and there's a there's a line of guys getting ready to rock. If you knew in your head you wasn't, you wouldn't even do it to yourself. Mm. Now niggas would do it to themselves. They don't even care. Like, right. Like you know, I suck, and I'm still gonna <laughs> show everybody show everybody that I suck. You know what I'm saying? But when you really saw that that culture had kind of faded in a way, was that uh, that Ebro interview that he did with Lil Uzi, where they tried to put on some premiere beats or some shit and try to get him to freestyle over it, and he was just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> the fact that he was so good. So this is a hip hop, a legendary media entity in hip hop, and the beats are from a legendary entity in hip hop. And here we have a brand new artist, and his perspective is, Fuck "You, I'm not doing that shit." Yeah, I mean, it's it's so changed now. It's so changed. Like it really has. Like I said, you know, people. I mean, you know, you just want to be a personality. You don't even have to rap. I know guys that never ever rapped. And just definitely, yeah, I, shit, man, I lived my life. I did that. I want to be able to tell my story, and mm. now they want to rap. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not that hard. Like, now, nowadays, you say one line. If you got a dope engineer, I mean, a dope engineer, you say one line punch, one mm-hmm. line punch, one line punch. They had that moment that sounded like you was, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So that's probably the worst thing about hip-hop is that nobody's really putting in the work. There's a few... There's a few out there, not everybody. Man, I've seen these guys called the Hoodies. They're out of New York, these young, they, they're, they're brothers. One younger brother, one older brother, but they spit so hard, man. I'm like, damn, man, just, that's the shit that I want to hear too, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I'm hearing everything. I like, every, I like you know, the drill, the track, you know, but I, I still want to hear that rap over dope-ass beats shit too because that shit is... To me, that'll never get old, man. But so, okay, you come from a street background and then also loved hip-hop at the same time, but... Well, late, love hip-hop's way later. Like, okay. Like, yes, yes. 
Bailey. But so now we have all this, this new generation of kids where the street shit and the rap shit is completely intertwined and, and right. totally amplifies everything. Well, dudes will go kill somebody, come in the booth and rap about it the next day and, oh, and yeah. put it on live. This is yeah. where it's at now, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy now, like... You know, we rapped about stuff. We we necessarily didn't go out and we have to go do something to rap about it. We just rapped about what life was. Right. Not necessarily like we we have to go hurt somebody and then run back and you know what I'm saying? Right. But um, you know, these young guys, they're only a product of what we gave them. So, you know what I'm saying? You can't you can't blame them. You know what I'm saying? You can't blame you know, this this really is no blame. It's just the evolution of hip hop and but what can what has to be said is shown is just the balance. You know what I'm saying? That look, mm. okay, we got that. But, you know, I think kids are seeing that now. Like, you know, um, you know, the six kids that went to jail the other day over, over the duck shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Now, when they get sentenced, I'm sure it's going to hit a lot of people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and over these last few years, people are seeing it's dying and going to jail so much that, you know, I think people, I think these young guys will look at it and be like, man, is that how I want to live? Or is this really what I want to do? Because, you know, it, it, it's, there's not too many, there are options. You have options. You don't have to be a, you don't have to do, you do, you do have options. Um, most people do. Um, I've never been a part of hip hop where it was this much death in jail within the industry mm. since I've, you know, yeah. I've never seen no shit like this. Like the with the, last the two biggest drill cities uh, in America are Chicago and New York. And in both cases, you basically have to acknowledge that the vast majority of the main talents from yeah. both are gone. Orlando and Jacksonville or too. Yeah. Oh, Orlando, sure, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's you know, Houston, I'm saying shit, Detroit. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, you know, Boston has been like that for so long. It, I, I don't want to say I take it for granted, but we've been doing that. That's been us since, like, the early 80s. Mm. So it's, it's just unfortunate where, where hip-hop is now. Like, you know what I'm saying? that You know, and even on Martin Luther King's birthday the other day, I'm like, damn, I said, how can we have a holiday if we continue to really be out here, you know, beasting each other like the way we do. How can we even have a holiday? And I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, what, what can hip hop do to change that? And I don't know if it, it could ever be changed mm. at this point. Yeah, because like with those dudes from Oblock getting locked up for the FBG Duck murder or getting, uh, you know, sentenced or they haven't been sentenced yet, but they were that was found all guilty. a result of hip hop. Oh yeah, that whole thing there with Duck. One guy, I mean, it was a bunch of guys got killed, but all that is a result. Mm. Of the energy from hip hop, FBG Duck put out a song called uh, "Dead Bitches," I think, like pretty much right before he got killed. Which isn't to say that it wouldn't have happened otherwise, but I mean, there's just so much of this is rooted in the music, and it's kind of like a, a a guilty pleasure for me in a sense, even just me listening too. to a lot of these artists because I me like too. the music so much; All it's so us. real and All intense. But it's, then at the same time, you realize what you're listening to as you get older. It's the frequency, Adam. The mm. frequency. We're just, we're just balls of energy in here. Frequencies, you know, we have, we have energy in us that attract. That's why when you get goosebumps, you don't control that shit. That's just controlled from energy. Mm. Your shit stands on here. That's because there's energy. You have there's 33 metals inside of us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, shit. We, you know what I'm saying? Like that that low frequency energy 
it, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it attracts us. Right. Just like if you hear like a, you know, like a Ja Rule song. You're not going to get the low frequency energy from a Ja Rule song from those songs. Right. You just, you're going to be, you know what I'm saying? That's what that music does. It gives you the, you know what I'm saying? It gives you high frequency. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We just found the frequency that's so low that I'm just afraid, like, man, like what, what can we do to turn it around or what can we do to at least give notice that this shit is only getting worse? Like those guys, man, I don't know. They're not even, none of them over 30 years old, I don't think. Oh, never. Yeah. Almost never. If you make it in Chicago drill, if you make it to 30 year old head. Yeah, that's, I don't see why there's some type of national, uh, even within the presidency, why that's not on the bat, like on one of the main things is to, is to try to figure this out because when you look at it, it's just like Vietnam War. Mm. It's not different. Like when you, how many people die in the country a year? 10,000, 10, 15? I'm not sure. Maybe like 10,000 a year. That's, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of young guys. And I'm just like, I know for a fact that hip hop has something to do with it. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember at one point Nicki Minaj put out a statement basically saying that it was, it was ignorant to blame drill music for violence in New York City. And I'm like, this is a statement that nobody who pays attention to this music would ever make because it's so unbelievably obvious that people are literally making diss songs about each other or going on Instagram live and kicking the candles at the burial site and no, shit it's, like it's, that. It's, it, bad. it's not just rap because it's, it's social bad. media as well that amplifies all this shit that otherwise right. would have been smaller. Right. You know, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of when they when, when it's going to be a matter of when they when they're going to get tired of it's going to be a matter of if some I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be this generation, you know what I'm saying, or if it's going to be the next one because if this one is is it, it if it like when when I look at it and I look at it coming up, there was no way nothing like this. It's mm-hmm. not even close. Now there was deaths in the street, but I'm saying as far as result from hip hop these deaths are hip-hop deaths mm-hmm. that have some type of connection through hip-hop. And you know what I'm saying? That's unfortunate. Because no, that's yeah. not what hip-hop is supposed to be. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's also, it's hard to imagine how it really changes because I think hip-hop had like two different paths in front of it all the way back in the 90s, which was kind of like gangster rap or political revolutionary rap, you know? Right. And NWA won. NWA demolished Public Enemy. And you can blame that on the music or right. the culture, whatever, right. but at the end of the day, then you blame it on the labels as well, which is probably a pretty fair point to make. But ultimately... It, it seems that, you know, NWA. senseless killing, I yeah, and, and by all means, because they're, they're better than what I'm reducing them to in this, <laughs> this argument. But, I love interview. But ultimately, it's like the people cast their, their ballot and said, like, hey, we would rather pay attention to all this crazy-ass murder rather than some shit about how we need to change ourselves. NWA is probably— or how the world needs to I'm change. Saying, I'm saying when you look at NWA, um, NWA just really captured who, the the— just captured the character of what young black guys out in the hood was, right, at that mm. point. Like, like every single one in every city. It didn't even matter if they was from L.A. or whatever. They just captured it. And, man, like the music. That's why, you know, Dr. Dre, you know, he, the the gangster music that he he truly did gangster music because his music, like, you know, really shaped lives, like shaped minds, mm. you know, street life. Like that was that was a symphony to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like without, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think where, how, before hip hop, it was disco and R&B and everything. Like without gangster music, man, I'm, man, life would be a lot different 
doing those things that we did in the streets and how we came up. Well, you think it would have made you worse if you had had access I, to you, music I, like I, that? You know what? That's a good question. Because, man, it's it was that music ch charges you. Mm. It put a battery in your back. It charges you, especially if you already got shit on your mind. Mm -hmm. and, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you drive into the scene, you blast that. Have you ever just listened to this music and it just and it just made you drive faster? Oh yeah, everybody did that today. All right, you yeah. can't even control yourself <laughs> when you do that. Like that shit gets people pulled over, bro, because you can't control yourself. Like that's that you're you're trying to match the speed with your adrenaline at the moment. Yeah, and you're not even know you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like your adrenaline's so fast, but the car's going so slow. So you, you know your foot is just pressing that motherfucker. Just to match what you're feeling. Inside. And then you get pulled over. You get pulled car smells like weed. You got a gun in your waistline. Here we go. It's happened to a from lot the of fucking song, bro. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. And I know a lot of motherfuckers out there. Um, I went through that shit. That just shows you how powerful the energy is with hip hop. Mm. And a lot of these young guys, it's, the, the energy's too much for them. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's like a lot of guys as they get older, hip hop guys, they tend to like reach a certain age and then they start to tell you like yeah i drive around listening to fucking aretha franklin or you know they have like the, the, their their taste kind of gets away from the super aggressive shit but has that not happened to you i listen all i do when i get my car i listen to um serious radio the three ones the soul one the groove i listen because man see you know because I, I was a dj way back in the day like i had mm -hmm. ten thousand album correct collection Mm. Like I like I my my music knowledge and history is crazy. Not just hip hop. Mm. So I really love, you know what I'm saying, old school shit, shit that, you know, band band shit. Ohio players, Parliament Funkadelic, Marques, mm. you know, Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Like just you know what I mean? And then I listen to them heavy on um Stone Temple Pilots. Like I I like when I go lift that's all I listen to is Stone Temple Pilots. Really? That's crazy how, like, for real, this still remains. Bro, I listen to that shit, like, 5,000 times. Really? Still remains. That's dope. Like, 5,000 fucking times, yo, at least. I'll go in there and lift for an hour and a half and just keep putting that over and over. Oh, really? Yeah. So man, that yeah. repetition of a song is a is a thing for you. I heard you talking about that with Math Alpha, too. Yeah, like, I, you know, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's I want to feel that. That's what's giving me the... The feeling. That's why I get like like I can go to the gym because I I'll play victim within myself. Mm. I'll find something, play victim. You know what I'm saying? Feel sorry for myself, and then connect with a. Music has always been what's kind of connected my emotions and shit. That's why hip hop is a major part of my and just music in general. Mm. But songs like that, you know what I mean? Like first it was it was Nirvana. You know what I'm saying? Just songs like you know what I'm saying that there's a certain melody that hits, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like the victim note, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's what can make you push them, them weights a little more. It's just, you know what I'm saying? I can't really explain it, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hip hop, I don't listen to it in the gym and I don't listen to it le sometimes, but I listen to more of that type of music, all kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Kids from a rose from sale. I listen to that in the gym over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Just different shit. Yeah, there's still like just I don't know. Hip hop just kind of does it for me in the gym, but now, but you you need many things throughout your life, and so one thing for me now is I find myself listening to a lot more alternative rock, grunge, etc., like old folk music that I was into when I was younger and stuff. Because now I have a kid, 
And so I don't want to listen to rap around her a large percentage of the time because my girl oh, like, flip daughter, out. Yeah, daughter, yeah. My girl does not want my kid listening to swearing at all. So it's I officially mean, she's like, real yeah. shit though. Like, yeah. like people that do that, I, I be you know. And again, I don't you know what I'm saying, but you shouldn't, man. Like mm. you shouldn't have your kids be exposed to that sh- to that shit early age, even if they're two, three, four, five. None of that shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? None of it. The R and B and everything, not just hip hop. R and B is off up too now like <laughs> sexual and shit like you shouldn't honestly I don't think that's good for your kid you know what I'm saying listening to that because it's too it's too it's just too fast man mm. it's too fast you gotta you gotta let a kid be a kid yeah you know I think our kids are being developed way too fast and I think that hurts them later later on in life I think that it makes them more immature later on in life when, when, you, when you try to fill them up, up with all this grown shit by the time they do get grown they really not grown right because they because they didn't mature slowly enough to know what it is to be grown you know what I'm saying just because you're listening you know what I'm saying to all this crazy shit that doesn't make you grown but grown is just being grown is just life experiences and really a progression you know what I'm saying but you know I you know listening to you know, if you got your kid at six, seven years old listening to hip hop, then that's a mistake to me. You can't do it. You know, what I'm I mean, saying? there's definitely hip hop that I think qualifies as kids safe, but it's like, what, what would be kids safe? Uh, I put on like De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest, and my girl will agree with that. Whereas if I put well, on some Bronx what's drill, bu- what's Buddy? But buddy's what? my friend. But no. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I can talk my way out of that shit. But this, all right, this is the thing. Sonically, because Buddy was pussy. When, yeah, but when I play, when I play uh, like Bronx drill, there's been a few times where I foolishly tried to play some fucking drill music in the car with my kid. And my girl does not understand a word they're saying, but just <laughs> just the frequency, just the just vibe. The yes. Now turn this shit off. It's not. It's it's just pure aggression. And you know, I see, I see, I see social media posts with these kids out here, and just they in the back of thing, and it's you know, I'm just like, that's just a mistake, man. Mm. That's a, that's a mistake. You are you don't even know how damaging that's going to be to them. Mm. You know, we live in a hyper sexualized society. You know, and me, look, listen, I don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I got OnlyFans, and I'm, yeah, I, I like porn and all that, but I don't want my kids around that shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, I think, one of the, the most difficult things and most important things, if you want to be a parent in this day and age, is that you need to be directly in control of the flow of media that your kid is taking in and you need Absolutely. to, like, really meticulously Absolutely. control that Absolutely. shit because the alternative Absolutely. is your Absolutely. kid, okay, your kid wants to be on Twitter. Guess what? I Yo, saw Twitter's, five people get shot in the head today on Twitter. Twitter's out of control. I see murders every day when I look at Twitter without trying. Do you trying. think it's going to be like that for a while on Twitter? Well, Do you think it's going to continue to be like that? I kind of hope so because every other f-ing social network is so censored that it's is like— Is that good for society to see that shit, though? Is that is that is like, <laughs> is that good for society? I don't—like me, I don't think it is. I just—you mm. know what I'm saying? The shit is too—like, I think, man, when we—I think, man, I, I just don't think that our minds were meant— Hmm. For that, for, to, for the bombardment of that type of of those type of optics every day, bro. Right. I think it shapes us. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I'm definitely more cold hearted as a result like of seeing all killing on the internet over the years. Killing and porn is out of control <laughs> on Twitter. Like I never thought that. I was like, that's just too much porn. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, but Twitter's just. God, Peter, was that a picture of Elon Musk with a girl riding butt naked? And he was like, it's hot right now. And he was looking at. There's a picture this month. I think it was him. I'm like, Sounds fake. Sounds like AI. Okay. But I don't know. He was like hot, but he but but he posted it. Really? Yeah. I didn't see this one yet. 
I, I was like, if this it. nigga posted that, he's an ill motherfucker. <laughs> the richest man in the world posting his I'm own like, porn. Oh shit. <laughs> I f with him. If that was his pitch, I f with him more now. I ain't gonna lie. You know what I keep hearing from uh, people? It's like, I'll mention something about porn and someone will say, I've never really seen porn besides what I see on Twitter. So, like, these are people who have not gone out of their way to see porn at all, Bro. but Twitter just feeds them random chunks of porn to the point where they feel like they totally know what's out there. Now, do you ever look at it and say, there's a lot of women doing porn. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's almost like millions and millions oh, yeah. and millions. And I talk like, to girls all the time who, like, oh, yeah, I went to school I'm saying to be amateur this. Porn, not, and I'm then not saying I got into porn. porn. No, I'm, but I'm saying girls I'm just who, saying being on Twitter just getting plastered, like, there's like millions, like every, like, like it's crazy. It's very I mean. approachable. Whereas I'm, I'm reading this book about the history of the porn world. And it's like in the sixties and the seventies, in order to do porn, you basically were like a drug addict. You were fucking disgusting. Right. You were some right. fat right. woman. That's how stripping was. Yeah. Stripping back in the day was you had to, you know, like in Boston, it was called the combat zone and the strip clubs was in there. And it was like, where all like the, the junkies hung out and mm. the pimps. And that's how it wasn't glamorous or sexy, nothing. No. It, it kind of, hip-hop kind of helped that, emerge that to that, I think. Mm. I think hip-hop put the sexy in strip clubs and made it more, you know, acceptable. Well, do you feel like you had a front row seat for uh, the development of the, the video vixen? Of course. Well, Sources Eye Candy, that was like the first, well, definitely. You know, well, yeah, the, 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 the video vixen too, but the Source Eye Candy is when like, you know, I guess the the first Instagram models. You know, if what, what it was back then without mm -hmm. Instagram, but yeah, man. I mean, with women have been a major part of hip hop because that's what put women put the sexy in hip hop. Mm. Period. Like hip hop was backpack and conservative, but once that sexiness started coming in hip hop and the videos came in, that's really what kind of propelled hip-hop even higher. So, you know, you have to give women their props for that, you know what I'm saying? Because this, the sex part, when that came in hip-hop, that kind of pushed it up. And I re uh, so I saw a clip of the Joe Budden podcast uh, within the last year or so where I saw Melissa Ford basically making the argument that video vixens are a hugely undervalued part of hip-hop history. And to me, this is like a miscalculation because... Yes, we were all looking at y'all. Yes, we would pick up King magazine like, or whatever. But to the extent of like caring about them as people or their personalities, like even no, 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 in, no, no, in no, the no. OnlyFans age, well, I see a lot of people who actually are interested in these women. I don't remember any of that in the you video didn't look at, age. You didn't look at the see, look at me videos the first. You know what I'm saying? Like because I the, the the booty video. The video, um, Melissa, she was she was my video vixen um, in one of my videos. Yeah, I heard she was more than that too. I mean, <laughs> look, you know, listen, shout to Melissa Ford, you know what I'm saying? Um, Great podcaster. Shout to Melissa Ford. Um, me and Melissa Ford dated, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it was that serious? I didn't yeah. know that. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be serious if you say dated. That's, oh, okay. that's just a better word of saying, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not like, we don't, yeah, dated don't have to be, you know. Dated to me is... What, what is dated? What is dated? To dated you? to me is like we hung out for months and had nah, some we, nah, sort of emotional nah, connection. Nah. nah. Okay. No? Well, okay. yeah, it wasn't that. Okay. It, it was. It was the other dated. But even if I like took a girl to the movies, take her out to dinner a couple of times, I kind of feel like, well, we, we were dating. 
Yeah, right. We, we dated. Oh, okay. So if you go out one time, one movie and one thing, would that be, that's a date. But I feel like if you go out to dinner and then you f that, you didn't date. You just hung out one time. Okay. So if you didn't f you didn't date. But if you hang out a couple, if you hang out a bunch of times in public, you're having sex, et cetera. Okay. You, you pretty much dated. Yeah. I, see, see, it's, it's, you know what? You move around so fast, like in the industry, when it comes to like, like got guys meet girls on the videos, things. And if it's the artist, you know, nine times out of 10, if, the baddest chick there, the artist is gonna try to holler at her anyways. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's it ain't like, come on, like we all we're all adults now. Like you got a lot of everything's being exposed. Like, come on. Like that's obvious. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever the artist is, whoever's the baddest one on there, that's who the artist is gonna try to holler at. And you know what I'm saying? That's just a regular situation. It happens all the time. And shit, you know, I mean the vixens are there to that's why they're there for their career and and and, and you know, they're trying to get in that life. So, you know, not nine times out of ten, they're gonna hang out with the artists. Mm. I mean, that's a part of the you know, that's a part of the whole thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I've 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 dated a lot of video vixens. Um and, you know, uh my my type of dating, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh but but the, without the she's right though. Video vixens played a big part of hip hop. And I can say that now because they really put the sex in, and a lot. You could give a lot, a lot of that to hype. Like hype kind of started introducing that, like really highlighting the video girls. Like they would get damn near just as much airtime as sometimes the artists. Mm -hmm. The way they would come in and out, and he kind of he was the master of that. He was he was highlighting the shit out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember just looking at King magazine back then and these gigantic asses and just being like mesmerized. Just had no. Cap capacity to from, understand he came at from all. Source too. Yeah. Yep. The guy from King. Okay. Yeah. He came from Source too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was probably a little bit on the young side to like care about the personalities of the video vixens because I remember when it started to click, which was when Joe started dating Tahiri. Right. And all of a sudden, through seeing the clips of them together on YouTube, right. And thinking she was super hot, it started to make sense to me. Like, I mean, oh, you okay. Could look at. I mean, like again, like. Before in some videos they wasn't looking, you know, they was looking decent. But when hi hypes, there was a time where you was like, wow, you know, what I'm saying, like, damn, she's bad, you know. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of, it was good because it put young black women in a chance to be looked upon as real, like, you know, beautiful women with makeup and everything on and the whole shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that was these are girls from the hood, and they, they, you know, they're on a, a video, and that might be the only time they could put, you know, at back then to put some dope makeup on and get glammed up mm. and you're looking at them like whoa like that was big so looking at it now I can see what she said she's exactly right okay yeah. I respect it yeah um okay random hot topic question mm -hmm. but Dr. Umar went very viral uh, a couple weeks ago for his take which was basically Eminem can never be considered as one of the greats or as the greatest rapper of all time or presumably even he just assumed he thinks that Eminem's <laughs> value is kind of overstated within hip hop. Uh, would you agree with that? And if Eminem's not the greatest rapper of all time, could the greatest rapper of all time be white? Oh, as of course, I think now as hip hop's evolved, yes, the greatest, yes, he can be white now because every every hip hop is evolving and, and all races are really, you know, are putting in time into hip hop and years gone by him. People are paying their dues, as I've called it. As far as Dr. Umar, I see where he's coming from, um, you know, but then the argument is the same thing as like, okay, well, 
Dr. Naismith invented basketball, then how could Michael Jordan be the best at basketball? And, mm. you know, the thing is, the thing is, the argument is that hip hop has taken, has been so personal to black people's lives other than it just being a music. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where I think the line gets blurred, the lines are blurred because the, how we may look at hip hop, there's a certain white culture that might not look at it like that as far as hip hop goes. So in, in those, it depends on what lens you have on. Mm. Um, with, with, with Joe Buttons, it, I, you know, I've never seen nobody like be a fan. Like it's one thing about being a fan of somebody, but then it's another thing being on somebody's dick. <laughs> it's just, it's like I can understand a fan, but then it's like when you on somebody's dick, that's just a, that's a personal thing, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and and to me, with him, and I, and I think all, you know, everybody can have their personal favorites, but it's like, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he don't cheer, he don't cheer like that for nobody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. the way he stick for Eminem, and it's not like he talks about him all the time, but when he does, he really, like, you know what I'm saying? And to me... I, you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know, man. I think I think Dr. Umar, like me, just gets tired of that shit. Like, mm. bro, like, relax. <laughs> like, okay, he's good. Like, okay, this is 100 years later. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I can understand Dr. Umar gets frustrated, as, as I do. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a frustrating thing. M can rap. I always say this. I don't like even doing top five dead alive because I believe hip-hop is so great and people have their own style. It's hard to be like, oh, he's the greatest. He's the, like, if you're listening to somebody's album and you love it, then you love that artist. Mm. If you love it, then you love that artist. And you, it's, it doesn't have to be better and who's better and who's the, it doesn't have to be that way. Eminem raps a certain way. Like he puts out a certain type of music. It's not like, it's not like it really sounds that much like almost anything else that's popular. It's, it's really his own lane of yeah. music. You see what I'm saying? So, because that's not my lane, don't get mad at me. I think Eminem fans take it so personal that, well, he's the greatest. Okay, that he's the greatest to you, and that's cool. To me, he's not. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. Like, mm. Joe, Joe, Joe got the, the platform, and Joe, you got Dr. Umar up there. Like, my thing was Joe knew how to set off Dr. Umar. Mm. He set him off. That's a good point. He, he know how to set Dr. Umar. Joe's, Joe's brilliant. He know how to do that. And believe me, Dr. Umar got, cause, because the dude next to Dr. he got him good. I was like, oh, man. Well, keep in mind with Joe, he's the same guy who basically f***ed up his relationship with Eminem and Slaughterhouse by right. being brutally <laughs> honest about record. Eminem. It did, did yeah. a whole diss record. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I used to be like, come on, man. Like, Listen, I swear to you, my thing wasn't about the music. It just wasn't. Like, I had my own personal issues on what I thought of hip hop and that's probably where I made the mistakes by involving the source because the source is supposed to be for the masses mm -hmm. and I've let my personal and I've said that on math and that was that was a mistake that was wrong I wouldn't call it a mistake but being business wise it was wrong okay mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying you don't you're not supposed to do that that's not good business and um um but I, I don't listen to his music anyways mm -hmm. and it's not just him there's a lot of black artists that I don't listen to their music anyways. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's, it's all right. I know it, our situation's polarized because of the beef, because of us going back and forth. But that's what hip-hop was anyways. Like, big deal. We went. I made a few songs. He made a few songs. So what? I've never even met Eminem. Mm. I, would I would love one day. I mean... 
before I go and before he go for us to sit down and just have a conversation about hip hop and have a conversation about, I mean, that would be so epic to me because it's bit with us. It's bigger than hip hop. You have way more in common than you have that separates. You. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. And, and again, again, a lot of times it'd be Eminem's fans that it, yeah. it don't even be him. It's his fans that make you just, most of the shit that I've said on the internet is probably because of his fans, not even him. Because mm. he don't even he don't even speak on shit. Ever. He barely does. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? People ask me and then you know, you know, I talk about it um because I guess it's a part of my it's a part of my history. So I don't I don't run away from it. But I try when I answer it and every time I do an interview, I try to answer it in a way that people can understand that they could get a different take on it. Like I'm not racist. Um I've been a part of, I've grew up in a city that there was racist people in there and I grew up under racist conditions, but I, I'm not racist. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, like, you know, racist people don't, even when they're kids, like, and this is true, like, you know, like my kids, you are with your kids, like when you look at your kids' friends and you can see your kind of parents' virtues unless you just live in a place where there's nothing. Like if, if your kids are playing with multi-different kids, then, you know what I'm saying, then your parents are okay. I grew up in a place where kids were taught not to be around other kids and not to go to school with them and just be, you know, not be around. So, you know what I'm saying, like, I think that frustrates me more that Eminem's fans would think that I'm racist because of our situation. And that's, 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 that's silly. It's it never been. And it, and it never has been. I never said that Eminem wasn't a great rapper. I think Eminem's a great rapper, but I don't listen to that type of music. I feel like so. I hear a lot of people in this discourse saying that they think that Eminem is like the greatest rapper of all time, where I don't really believe that Eminem has had that big of a role in their music listening throughout their life. And I say that as myself as well. Eminem comes out in like 1999, I feel like I was kind of done checking for his albums by like 2006. And I'm I'm saying that that's, that's a, a good run. He had a very significant <laughs> career. That's a good fucking run. But let's be yo. real. Mo and, and I'm not ignoring the fact that he's been unbelievably successful. It is the and he best sells run of any white artist. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Rapper. But to me, is he one of the most skilled lyricists of all time? For sure. Is he the greatest rapper of all time when I've got to put him up against Jay and Nas and, and you know, Drake and it's all 50 and all these guys? Is he the greatest to uh, you or the greatest to everybody? To great, you can't pick a greatest to everybody. Nobody can. That's why I said it's like what, what separates us from being robots in this eight, in eight billion people is your ability to like what you like and, and, and be able to and for people to respect that. Mm. We have to respect what each other likes personally first. I think with with um, social media, everybody wants to be a part of the crew that likes the best so that they can look like they're part of the, the best crew. We, you got to get out of that. Be an individual first. Like who you like. Mm. Like who you like. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's a, when I look back at that era and why I might have had negative feelings towards you, when I look back, it's like, it's such a clear-cut example of me blaming the messenger because, <laughs> let's be real, those tapes, it was like the, the most obvious act of journalism ever to put that shit out there. That was, because it was, We had to do it. I grew up around all kinds of people that were making racist jokes and doing stuff that was objectively racist. 
that shit is some other shit. I ain't never seen anything like that in my whole life from from white boys that are associated with hip hop or whatever. Like that shit needed to have attention called to it. And the fact that I resented you for bringing it to the table seems kind of ridiculous to me as an adult. Well, but imagine imagine this though. Imagine imagine him him getting away with it. Right. Now Matt, that's that's what I'm saying. Imagine that. So you know his influence and his power and his look at the same thing with R. Kelly. R. Kelly had already the girl, people seen the tapes, and people still fucking with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. So when you're people's talent transcends kind of like what they what they do and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, if you're dope at what you do, motherfucker give you. You know what I'm saying? Now you can't be running around fucking with kids and everything. You know what I'm saying, but they, you know, people were still listening to R. Kelly heavy after VP. It wasn't until this shit happened, mm-hmm. and even still now, not before, but even when R. Kelly had did that. People was still playing the shit out of his shit. Yeah. So, so it's the same thing. Like, you know, and then you gotta understand this. Look, white people wasn't gonna stop playing him because of that. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. White I, I shot him that bail so instantly back then. They wasn't gonna be like, oh shit, he's making some racist shit. We're gonna stop playing him. White people was gonna keep playing with him, and black people didn't stop playing him either. Like none of that. If I don't know if if the internet was out, could have made a difference, but. We didn't go out looking for that tape. Mm. People would understand. Those guys, and they were all white. It was three white guys in my office. It was at Dave's office. And I, I was like, look, you look, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it to be like, damn, y'all are really selling your man out, huh? Mm. I could not fucking believe it. He takes like a five-year break after that. Yeah, he had to. How did you feel about that? Did you feel kind I of triumphant? Like I, I feel like, I, yeah, of course, of course. And listen. There really wasn't no, the only, listen, hip hop is about these moments. And hip hop is like my, is my, like I've always been, I have my little re- revolutionary in me, my little, you know, cause you grow up like that in Boston kind of. And you know, hip hop takes on that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was proud of that. You know, it's funny cause what's his name? I met, he was in my, oh, uh, he was the other guy that was in Joe Button's group. What's homie name? Uh, Joel Ortiz, nope. uh, Crooked Eye, Crooked Eye. Okay, so I met Crooked Eye at the at the office, and we was about we we we, was, we just got the tapes, mm. and we about to go up and do the, the, the press conference. There's like hundreds of real press up there. Crooked Eye is like fucking. I'm coming up. He was with the, he knew about everything. Was with the whole movement. Mm. That's why when I see Crooked Eye fuck with Eminem, I'd be like, <sighs> and he he he's on YouTube saying he was there, whatever. But he's not telling the truth about like he was. He, you know, say it's not like I want a crooked eye to come up here and make a s- statement, but crooked eye was sitting right there when I made my statement. Mm. You wouldn't even been in the building, you know what I'm saying? If it was like that, so let's get not with crook. Me and crook, cool. Me and crook did music before, way before that. You know what I'm saying? It's just that people think that because they fucking with Eminem, then they all automatically have to be my enemy, and that's that's not true. Mm. First of all, that shit is so back in the day. First right. of all. Right, and you publicly said that you don't want anything. I don't have like that's over with, man. Like we got to move on from things, Mm -hmm. man. Like that shit is. I don't want. Like I'm. I got a lot of dope shit that I'm doing. I don't want to keep fucking talking about that (laughs) unless it got something to do with us sitting down, right? Really sitting down talking about that. And 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 and, you know, like I I would love to do that with him. Just me, him in a room, and just sit and just really talk. I think that would I would that would do great for me, Mm -hmm. and it would do great for him. I think we would come out of there, like you said, like, damn, man, we really cool as f-. Like, I think it would be great for him to just sort of do more normal guy stuff in general. Because it feels like, I, I mean, I'm sure it's good for his 
happiness. He clearly likes to just sort of seclude himself from everybody else. But that's not what hip hop is, mm. Adam. CM's hip hop is about being out here. You see, again, you, you out, we out, we out here. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop is about being out there with the people, bro. Mm. Like, in, I mean, man, them hoods in Detroit, they need Eminem to come through there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He, don't, I don't know if he don't want to do it because, hey, f that I'm white, or right. I don't know if he's like, ah, I'm Larry because something might happen. Like, I don't, I don't know which one, but he don't know. To me, if he did, if he showed up at Nipsey's funeral, do you know how big that would have been in the black people's eyes for him? Yeah, that's a fact. If he would have just showed up at Nipsey's, now, you know what I'm saying? I didn't. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You know, my money wasn't even right to go out there to get a hotel or nothing. Like, I'm being keeping 100 at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but if Eminem popped up or something like that, you know what I'm saying? You know, like any, any, something in Detroit, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Even Just, the last couple of years of Detroit slash Flint music has been ridiculous. There's so many artists blowing up out of Detroit. And it's not like he's never co-signed anybody out of Detroit, but I feel like, when you have a conversation with an Icewear Vezo or a Babyface Ray or whatever, they respect Eminem, but it's it's almost like they respect him in his absence because he's just not there. He's not a presence in the city the way that a lot of these guys would, it would probably like. And, and again, like he could do whatever the f he wants to do with his life. But if it's I weird. was his manager, it's weird. I would say it's weird. get out there with the people a little bit more. It's not like you have to do that much. But you know, hit a party here and there. You know, That's do, real do, shit. do a concert, I whatever. You, Adam, man, no, I ain't going front. Yes, I with <laughs> you, man. No, for, and not just because you said that, but and not going against Eminem. I think that would be great for him. Right. Like every time I see him, kind of do it, then he doesn't do it. Like, like it, it'd be little instances where it'd be like, okay, and then it's like, you know, mm. because even like with Royce, you know, like that's like his top. Yeah. I mean, man, we all need a Royce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all need a Royce. We all That's need to true. come with a Royce. You know, yeah. pay extra, come with a Royce. But like, even with Royce, like Royce could pop him out more if if he would do that mm -hmm. around Royce. Because as much as Royce stick up for him, it would be cool to see him hang out with Royce at a club or something. Or right, just believe it or not, like I'm looking at stuff like this. I don't. That shit to me, I swear, that shit to me does not make me angry no more. I'm I'm to the age where. I just want to, you know, do new opportunities. I got some great things going on in my life right now. And I just want to, I mean, that shit is history. The history would be more dope if we could come together and talk about it. Man, we could probably do a six-part series and just, mm. and people be like, oh, look, he wants to. But I'm saying, but this, everybody's telling their stories. Mm. That's a major part of history right there. Yeah. Of hip-hop history. I, I get kids, I say right now, like, from all over the world still cursing me out. Mm. He killed you. <laughs> it would be a tragedy though if Eminem makes it to the end of his life, lives to be, you know, 70, 80 years old and doesn't become more forthcoming about his story because I feel like so many people would appreciate hearing it this late in the game, right? But he has to mention everything. Yeah. You yeah. can't leave things that you just want to leave out. Like, mm. You got to Things that you was a part of, even you know the thing that that you might think because my story, like when I tell my story, is gonna be crazy. I'm gonna mm. tell the good, bad, and the ugly, because at the end of the day, you're just telling your story and just telling, like like you're just telling the truth of what you went through. Mm. You know, what I'm saying the internet is is the narrative. Definitely, it's not the truth; it's the narrative. You know, what I'm saying you know your story is what you represent, and you know the source is just a small part of it. Just my father, that whole thing in Boston with the mob and everything, and. Sourced and after the source, all that TV and love and hip hop shit, the behind the scenes of that was crazy. And now my situation with Coyle Ray. 
and everything in between. You know, the Paul Pierce situation, the Rough Rider situation, the you know the indictment, the Eminem. I mean, it goes on and on. And it's just it's Okay, so speaking of Koi, I actually think it's pretty fucking hilarious that I interviewed her back you in the was day. The first one to really blow her up, bro. But and I want before I knew that you were her dad, I interviewed her, and it was I like she had a, a spark it. as a rapper at the time. But it was mostly like, oh, this is Trippy Red's girlfriend. He was the first one at Rolling Loud, uh, 2019, I think. He was the first. First one, bro. Yeah, that's like, like when I seen her on your show, I was just like, I'm looking at her, and she's smoking. And remember, this is like how, how many years? How many years? Four or five years like, ago. Yeah. When she first started. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? She's like 21, maybe. So I'm just she's smoking. So again, me, the father. I'm like, look at her. And then, uh, then her eyes are getting chinky. I'm like, look, she look kind of like me and shit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, look at Corey. But it was dope. The vibe was dope between y'all. And I just was like, oh shit. Because I knew you was doing your thing, like I've seen you, and I was like, "Damn, how did Koi get on Adam's one?" Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that was kind of like, it was odd, but it looked, it, but it was I was proud of her. Like, okay, she's making moves. Like it was like a, right? You know what I'm saying? That's how I looked at it. And then it was crazy, like a couple years later, to see like, oh, it's actually happening. Like she's actually blowing up now because, but I had always thought she had a shitload of personality and charisma and star power, but then all of a sudden that combined with the music started really cracking her shit off and I was I was very impressed man I you know I wish like every time like it, it still doesn't even dawn on me it's still honestly everything and even with us the shit that with us going back and forth on the internet which which is unfortunate and I regret but I understand that this is what happens on the internet now mm. and she's a young she's a young you know what I'm saying into you know generation and this is what they do and um I'm from the old school so it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's really like, whoa, you know, and um, it's been a challenge, you know what I'm saying, to be honest. And, but, I, but to wake up every day, I still don't believe it. I hear her song everywhere. I, I be in the Uber, the song play, the gym song play, the fucking Target, the song play. Like, and it's just like, I can't, because everything prior to what I've been through before Koi, is a lot of shit. And then now for this to be happening now, mm. like I'll be 60 in a couple of years. Like, and I'm like, this shit crazy as f The like, success rate for a young rapper is infinitesimally small. It's like extremely it's like, it's like the NFL, not for long. Exactly, yeah, yes. It's very like the idea of you having the tenure that you've had in hip hop and then your daughter becoming a successful rapper is like such a long shot. It it's, almost never happens. I, I just, like, again, because, again, like, okay, when you look at, you know, okay, I'm a street guy. I met Dave on a Hummer, and the next thing you know, all the social and everything that came with it, 18 years. Mm. And then, okay, that's over with. And then, like, love and hip-hop. Like, that was, like, a phenomenon. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how the f*** did that happen? I didn't cast for it. I just, again, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Now, you know, and all the shit that happened with that, and then now, like, Coy, like, you know what I'm saying? And she, it's not like she, because my son raps, you know, Ray Ray raps, Chavo. Mm -hmm. And he had to deal with Baby Pun when he was nine. So it's like, they got two separate mothers, but you know what I'm saying? But it was, I never seen Coy doing this. It wasn't, in my mind growing up, I'm like, you know, you want your daughter to go to college. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, I got sons and then there's two, she had two older brothers that I took care of. So it's like, I'm always, you know, she's the only girl. So her, I'm holding her a higher standard than the boys. And I want her to really walk the straight line and she's going to be, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, and you know, once I started seeing her getting, it's funny cause I always say this, but she started listening to, um, to, to Chief Keefin, you know, so that's the first hip hop I saw to her 
getting into when she was like maybe 16. Mm. So for you as a dad, and again, I have a three-year-old daughter, so whatever you've been through in your life, I'm going to... you got a long way to go. She's <laughs> going to be a hero, then you're going to get 15, and things are going to change a little bit. You yeah. just go, once you stay in her life all end, all right, I'm going to let you talk, but if you're still with the mother and things are going great, a lot of, a lot of if stills have to happen. Right. Because if you're not, then no matter, then if you're not going to be there, nine times out of ten, you're going to go through the hell of the single parent with, with the mother having them, because mm. the, that's hell. That's a different type of hell. But right? even if you stick around, is it quite likely that you're going to run into issues with them in general just if, because they're so nah, rebellious nah, nah, nah. and if independent? If you're in the house, it's going to be just like, it's going to be like what they, what, what they want it to be. They want it to be, all kids want, especially girls, I think, especially girls, they mm. want their mother and father be together forever, mm. in the house forever, grow old forever. They want to see, I think they, now that I've went through this with Coy, I think they, they want that. They that, that they have a vision of that, and um, it don't happen so often in the hood. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, if you're in your daughter's life, continue with the mother, and y'all are working it out, and y'all are married, and and there's not like six other kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's another thing. When you have so many kids, it's so hard trying to balance love because they do get jealous of each other in time, oh, yeah. and especially steps. Oh, steps is a mother. Oh, yeah. You with your new girl, and then the, the the kid comes. You know what I'm saying? The baby mother. Then oh no, it's a fucking it's it's a lot. People don't understand what we go through. Right. But you do the best you can, man. And what a definition of a father is. What well, if you stay with her is going to be different from a definition of a father who is not living with her and has to send money or have to. You come stay with me on the on the weekends or on the holidays. It is a different. It's it's mm. it's a difference. So okay, my question is. What's the hard part for you as a dad? Is it seeing them date guys and not necessarily having any say That's in it? Very hard. Is it the uh, the fact that uh, cultural norms around uh, nudity and being half naked in music videos so have changed? Up. Is what what's the hard part for you as a dad? Um, that this is even happening. Like mm -hmm. yeah, like how the fuck is this happening? And me being <laughs> and me and me being again I'm you know what I'm saying like I said I got only like you know what I'm saying so I, I want to sound like a hypocrite but I'm I feel like I'm grown and I've been around but it's just like what can I say it's just something that's hard for me to emotionally deal with I be having to talk to people I be needing therapy to talk about that because I don't know how to deal with that shit mm. other than to probably ignore it mm. I mean I don't know how to deal with like that with you know with my daughter that's mm -hmm. all you know what I'm saying and I don't know if that's I don't it's not like to the extreme but I just you know um how can I put it like I just um uh I don't know it's it's, it's hard to even put it I just I don't I, but for me to say I'm just you know I don't you know so I don't I can't follow her Instagram because then you know she could be mm -hmm. in, a, in a bikini you know twerking or something so I but I love her to death, you know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to, you know what I'm saying, visualize her the way I want to visualize her as my daughter, mm -hmm. not necessarily as an artist or as coy or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what I mean? I don't want to visualize my daughter like that. It's, my mother has all. followed and unfollowed me on Instagram quite quite a few times <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I noticed those. <laughs> for similar reasons, for sure, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like, So, you know, and as far as boys... I didn't want to meet Trippy Red. My father went met him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. I said, Schnapps, you go. 
What was it that you were expecting that you thought wouldn't be good? I, I don't want to meet nobody unless you're going to marry. I don't want unless mm. you're going to be. I don't want to hear none of that slick talk. Yo, Benzino, no, I don't want to hear none of that shit. I don't even want to know you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I'll deal with my daughter. And then if it organically happens, you know, it will organically happen. I'm not saying it won't, but I just know people's intentions. And if your intentions aren't, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Because I know who I am. So, I, like, if you, you know, you're just trying to. Or you trying to take advantage of my daughter, then it's better that that, that you don't know me. You know what right. I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's better you. She has to come with me for that. You know what I'm saying? She can. Coy can handle herself. She's small, but you know she has a big heart. And it's like with me, I don't want to f it up for her. Mm. Like she told me, Drake texted her. You know what I'm saying? When this shit first happened, and I was like, I got mad. <laughs> and then the, she, she told her mother, and I was like, No, nah, if I said, Listen, you tell him I'm your father. So you let him know him because she, he wanted to fly them, I think, to Vegas to the show or some shit. I was like, hell no. I said, yo, you let him know. And she was like, nah, you know, like she got mad. And then I was like, look, I just want you then. So then, you know, the mother had spoke to me and shit and was like, you know, you know, she's, and she's not, Coy, Coy's not like fast or nothing like that. So it's not like I don't have trust in her, but she, again, still. So then she did say that, she, hey, did you know Benzino's my father? Because they're label mates, mm. Universal Republic. Okay. And then he sent back, like, he said, Benzino? <laughs> look, he's a hip hop right? nerd. Too, and then he yeah. sent back the picture of when, of, of when I had the afro in the Boston Celtics jersey with the Jews <laughs> he sent on. It? He sent it to her. Then he said, Your dad's a legend. Wow, that's tight. That made me feel good, man. Shout out to Drake. Wow. It made me feel good. I was because that's there's just respect. And then me, me and her laughed about it. Mm. But she did go back and, and and tell him. And it's just because you, man, you heard about the girl that they found buried in Vegas. I mean, there's all kind of shit that can happen, man. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like mama, like you, you a buck something, or, you know, a hundred pounds. Like come on, like you know what I'm saying? You got a father who who with the shits. And I, I'm not. I'm also intelligent. I'm not also not gonna make you look bad. I'm just going to make sure that you are protected. That's it. Mm. I didn't want to meet Trippy right. You know, it's because I knew that wasn't good news for her. <laughs> yeah, like, I, and you know, you listen, I don't know that kid or whatever, but, I, you mm. know, just from the, just from the music and just being, just being in the game. Right. A big, a big star. Like, I know what the fuck that is. Because you knew you are going to meet him and he's in the first year or two of his success. He's feeling himself. He's stoned as He's loving yeah. his life. He probably got a million different girls I, are trying to holler at him. I'm the wrong one for that. <laughs> I swear I can't even hold my face, man, for real. I'm, I'm not for that because really, because I know how to act. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to act. I I would never. If I'm with somebody's and I'm meeting somebody's father, I would be. I'm a back. I don't know if you knew about the Beaver Cleaver. I'd be like Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell back in the day, he was the good one. He was bad as but he come over Beaver's house and be like, hello, Mrs. Cleaver. Like, I'm like that type right. of shit. Like, I give respect to parents if I'm with a girl. I'm damn near petrified of the parents. Mm. Shit, sometimes I was older than the parents. <laughs> 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 My girl now, I'm, I'm older than the, than the mother and father. That shit is crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. But, but honestly, so, you know, my father went and met him. So my father came back, Schnauz. I said, Schnauz, what's up with him? He's like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. My father, yeah, he smokes a lot, man. Ooh, he smokes a lot. This is my father. Mm. He smokes a lot, man. You know, oh, I said, Raymond, I had to walk outside because, oh, man, he calls me Raymond. He says, you know, he's cool. He's just, you know, I don't, hey, Ray, he's, hey, Ray, listen, man, that's how my father talk. So I know he really didn't even really get nothing from that. You know what I'm saying? But I, you know what I'm saying? Until you, I want to meet somebody that, that I know 
because I know I, I know character. I want I know if you got good character, even if you're a street guy, if you're a college guy, if you are working FedEx, I don't give what you do. I just know by talking to you, your character, your facial expressions, your movements, you know what I'm saying? And and believe me, like, you know what I'm saying? If I if I don't approve of it, if I see you on some type of video or some type of shit before that and I don't, it's best I don't meet you unless, you know, then she'll tell me if something's wrong, but I don't want to meet you. The best thing about, from your perspective, the best thing about her achieving the sort of success that she's had musically is that, you know, the allure of a rapper is not going to be as strong for her. As soon as she has her own money and has her own career trajectory, now a rich, powerful guy is not going to be able to have the same effect on her that it might have if she remained a normal chick, right? Listen, man, she was at that party, that all-white Michael Rubin party, and I was oh, man. Whew, you know what I'm saying? That shit was like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, I was, I was a little upset about that. What know? about it? Just that she was there, like, again, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know people's intentions, man. I know mm -hmm. I know this industry. You can't fucking put none past me, nobody. I've been on it in the high, I've been on it at every level. Every level at, at high levels. And um I know their intentions. You know what I'm saying? I know their intentions. That's why they never liked me. You know, cuz my eyes would I, you know, I come with exposure. Just I could just see it, you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I mean? And you know, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know, as a father Parties like that with, you know, with people of that influence and that type of stature. You just, you know what I'm saying? You ever been to a Diddy party? Nah. I, I went party to, party? Okay, so I went to one, but not at his crib. It was, he had at this, it was at, Nas was there. Um, it was at somewhere in Manhattan. But I never been to no crib party or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Like, Diddy really, me and Diddy, me and Diddy got a song together. Diddy did a song. Me and Diddy really never... Never really kicked in this shit. Like it was always me and Stevie or me and Mario. Mm. Like me and Stevie got cool because you know what I'm saying. Like Diddy, Diddy, Diddy. You know what I'm saying. He's his own type of lane. Like me and Stevie kind of related more. We was kind of wild outside. Stevie wanted to be outside. I was outside, nigga. Like I, I don't think Diddy even wanted me hanging around Stevie when we first met. Mm. To be honest, I think like, you know what I'm saying. I think Diddy might have been like, yo, you know, be careful around him, or you know what I'm saying. Okay. You know, but um. You know, Sleaze was a wild boy, so I was a wild boy, and we just was wild boys together. This was way before Love and Hip Hop, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, but as far as Diddy, like, yeah, he, you know what I'm saying? I, Me, I always, like, you know, like, when, when it comes to, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I always felt like I had my guys. It was me and my guys. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's necessary, you know, because Diddy's, Diddy's the guy, you know what I mean? Diddy's got his guys. He's just making the guys his wife. Man, that's... Allegedly. That's, you know, listen, but let me tell you something, right? I mean, the guys could, are prostitutes. You can, but you can relate to that, though. But you can relate to that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, no, but he, he allegedly was forcing it upon her. That I don't think. Mm -hmm. I don't see that the part. I don't, I, I don't see that. You know, for, like, that's going on for a long time. Like, a lot, everything you sign up for, you sign up. Whatever you sign up for, you know what you sign up for. Whatever you receive payment for, you're receiving payment for. Mm. Now you could try to twist it later on any way you want to twist it, but you know, check, money was given a lot of money was given way before that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not again. I don't want to. I'm not right. condoning any of that. I'm just saying, you know, if that's what they fetish is, that's a fetish. Mm. That's nothing. Nobody's business, and then nobody should be able to 
have judgment of that if 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 that's what he gets off to. Right. It's kind of hard to imagine it was not consensual at all throughout the entirety of the relationship, right? I'm saying, I'm sure it didn't happen just one time. You end up marrying this freaky ass dude or dating this freaky dude for this long? Ten years? Yeah. Ten years. We're talking, we're talking a fucking decade. (laughs) Do you know how long ten years is in one relationship? That's like forever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's the equivalent of forever. (laughs) So come on, man. Like, shit, there was a lot of freaky shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, so is there a lot of stuff with Koi where you just kind of have to sit back and be like, I'm going to let you make your own mistakes. If you see her doing something that you don't necessarily agree with, you kind of just got to fall back. Now that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I just, you know what I'm saying? It's the best, you know, cause all this back and forth on the internet and all this, it's just too much, man. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to go through it. I know hopefully she doesn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, at the end of the day, what, you know, what Koi just has to realize is I love her to death. But, uh, you know, Coy has her career. I have my career. I also have my reputation. I've mm-hmm. been, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, I have, uh, it, nowadays in this industry, your reputation can hurt you. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the up, you know, I'm, I'm going up. I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards. Mm. So I don't want any smoke, surely with my daughter or people perceiving things that may not be true. You know right. what I'm saying? So you guys are good right now? I mean, you know what? I think we're good um, as long as we stay off the internet mm. with that foolishness. I think it's always, like she's my daughter, and hopefully she feels the same way. We'll always be good. But, you know, um, let's see how I can say it. I got to be real careful with your words on this subject. You know what I'm saying, Adam? Um, I've learned a lot communicating on the internet and I've learned a lot as far as expectations of what I perceive something to be. Like I have to like realize, you know what I'm saying? What's in front of me and deal with that. And you know what I'm saying? Just deal with that the best way I can opposed to trying to live up to an expectation. Mm. It's part of life. You got to kind of let go of the things that you don't control. Control. And having a kid is the ultimate example of that because they're just going to be an adult one day and they're going to go off and I mean listen listen I was her hero up until she I think all girls at 16 years old they want to they go boy crazy they want to smoke they and now what father's just going to be like yeah hey, go ahead go f- with boys yeah go like you want weed I got a pound in the back like what, you know what, <laughs> what father's going to do that like right, you know what I'm yeah. saying like so you know you I'm, have to hold them back even though you know so much of this is inevitable hey listen Coy never stripped think of that mm. All that stuff she doing, you know what I'm saying? My baby never stripped. And I'm and shout to all the strippers and all the dancers out there. I am not disrespecting. I'm just saying. But you've seen so much of it I'm that just, you don't want that for her. No, but just not. I'm saying like she had a father in her life mm. to think twice about what, what's my dad and my mom going to. You Usually ones that don't do it is deterred from thinking what's my dad and my mom going to think. Mm. But now the weird thing is that normal girls on Instagram are almost is, is almost impossible to separate them from the porn stars when I'm scrolling through because just the normal way of dressing or the normal photos that you take are basically things that you couldn't have imagined anyone doing besides porn stars up until like five, ten years ago. There's there's it, there's not there's not there's no difference. I mean I mean they're naked. Yeah. They're naked. You know what I'm saying? Um I'm surprised the FCC's allowing it. <laughs> 
So for real, that's what always kind of like weirded me out. Like the FCC really is allowing all this shit to take place. Now, is that because someone's saying, hey, it can't be because they don't know what's going on, right? Because right. they've never done this. This has never happened like this before. Mm. Even such songs that get played on radio in the daytime, you know, the stuff that's being said, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they was never letting allowing that shit back day like that. Not in the daytime. But all the sexual shit is allowed. But meanwhile, if you say anything like they've at this point the radio has figured out every single word that means a gun and all well, that shit is edited out whereas it used to be able to say like i got a strap and they they, got, they had they it figured got, out without a strap right, man yeah right right but now everything is, right. is in, in terms of violence shit right. is usually edited out right. on the radio but all the sexual shit's kind of fine yeah fine. that yeah so that's what i'm saying like we're in a hypersexualized society mm. and you know i only got one daughter you know what i'm saying you know what I mean? Like, I got sons and one daughter. And I'm being like, thank God I didn't have another daughter. Because daughters are hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Daughters are hard. For a street guy, for a guy from the street that's not with the mother, it's a hard situation with, with daughters. And, and, it, and it does play a difference being a street guy. I swear to God. There are factors in being the street guy that make it harder with the daughter. Right. I swear to God. Because you're living a type of life that you just don't even want to be around your daughter. You know what I'm saying? How many times sons you, you don't think of that about. How many times you put hands on a guy that she was dating? I've never even seen Coy date. Me. Oh, okay. She's never brought a, a guy around me. Okay. Coy was like a, a tomboy for a minute. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Coy wasn't into boys for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Again, like, I, my influence on Coy was good because that's how it was supposed to be. Mm. You can't, it's like, when you don't have no father in your life, it goes all the way left, you know, sometimes. Mm. Unless your mother really has her hands on you, it's the early years that you gotta that you gotta get the kids, because those are the years that's gonna shape them forever. Mm. It's those learning years that's gonna shape them. It's those experiences that's gonna shape them. So you want to keep them as kids mm. and as learning and learning within that in in that realm of learning. Don't speed up. Don't give them content of of, of a twenty something year old. You're gonna. You know what I mean, that's what's going on now. I mean, you know. So look, listen. If I had a handbook on being a father, I would give it out for, for free. <laughs> but I don't, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning this shit going along, too. And each time I've been in court, child support. I'm on child support now. So, mm. you know what the f For other kids? No, I don't go like for, for Zeno. You know what I'm mm, Right. Damn, yeah. That's crazy. It's like the best thing and the hardest thing you'll ever have to do, huh? It is. It is I've went through so many gun battles and wars and trials, so much shit, there's nothing worse than dealing with the, the child stuff. Mm. Can't see him in court, this, that, but, but that shit will stress you. That's the, that's the stress shit. The street shit, I got that. Mm. But that, that's the, that's the most stressful shit ever. Because at the end of it, with me anyways, my conscience is like, I, I know my kids love me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But when, you know, you're away and the mother has, you know, the mother has a lot of influence on the child. That's why it's important for you to, you know, keep a bond with your child, even if you don't live with them. You know, like I said, I had caught four or five months. She lived with me a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Four or five months out of the, um, out of the year. She was, she was with me, living with me. Mm -hmm. All my kids were, because she has a little brother, Taj, and there's Ray Ray. And he was with me. So... You know, but I'm, you know, I'm happy for her, man. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, she's, the thing about her, she's just not like music. She's everything. Like, she's modeling. 
You know what I'm saying? She's cooking. She has a great personality. I just hope she gets more into acting. I told her, I said, man, you need to start really getting into acting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Really start, you know. You know, it, it was kind of crazy seeing her career blossom, too, because I basically interviewed her when she really wasn't popping nah, musically man, yet. I, I told you that. But then... As she started to blow up, I also was seeing on Twitter, like, as she's getting big, there's also, like, a big tide of people who want to turn her into a meme and want to convince everybody that she has no talent and she fucking sucks. And that was kind of wild for me to realize, like, this is all the same thing. Like, as you blow up, you also are going to have to deal with the fucking mobs of people that want to see you fail. Well, it's a thin line. Yeah. Believe it or not. A lot of people are just psychologically fooling themselves. A lot of them, a big percentage of those percentage of those people who say they hate you, mm. really, really admire you. They just don't know how to say it. Some of them are your biggest fans. They just, just don't. They don't like the new song, but they're they love you and they, they just, want you to make that, the music that they it, want. It took me a while to understand that because you know I, I just man they, every time I get an Instagram, I think they knock it down. Man, I take shit personal and I say something back, then I get reported, and that's it. Mm. I like not really having a, a Instagram now. You know, I got one again, okay. but then it took it down like seven fucking times already. Wow. I almost had two million followers. Seven times, Jesus you know Christ. But the good thing is that, this is how I look at it. People know you. If, if you. if people follow you, they're saying people know you. So it's not like they're still out there. You don't have to see them following you. You just know that they're out there. And when you do something great and you come out there, they're going to see you again. That's all. That's all that has to happen. Mm. That's how I look at it now. I don't... I don't become a slave to them. Like not having Instagram and shit helps me too. It gets me away from um, social media mm. and I be needing my break and I, it helps me, man, for real. Cause man, that shit will fucking drive you crazy if you let it, you know, people, people say and do horrible shit on that motherfucker. And if you ain't used to that shit, it can affect you. Yeah. I saw my girl delete her Instagram and her Twitter and everything off her phone for a couple weeks and she definitely seemed like it had a massively positive oh, impact helps. on her mental health. Helps. Yeah. And not knowing, look it, remember all these people knowing what you're doing everything, like their energies get attached to you. So it's like it's good that you detach it because these, some of them are obsessed with you that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Obsessed in a good way and obsessed in a bad way just to say, hey look, my could do some crazy shit. Because it's seeing you every day, seeing you every day. Like, I'm like, nah, so I like it. Like, right now, they don't know where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. You know what I'm saying? If someone's looking for me, they don't even know. Because they, they think you're dead if you're not on social media. Mm-hmm. And I like that sometimes. Right. Because then if something like this interview, when this interview pops, it's like, oh, shit, there you go again. <laughs> but uh, a lot of social media shit... It tricks you into feeling like you're working yes. when you are not doing anything productive. You're not making money. You're just kind of like reminding the world that you exist. And there's room for it, for sure, because this is kind of like the primary way that we can communicate with each other. But I know a lot of people who feel like updating their Instagram story 40 times in a day is work. And if, if you just do that every day, I promise you, you ain't going to have shit to show for it at the end of the day. Bro, listen, people are on this, on this scrolling at least 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're not doing nothing but just looking. That's it, and being entertained, and not—I mean, nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, good eight to twelve hours a day. People are like this, at the house, like this, eating like this, in the tub <laughs> like this, fucking like this, everything like this, like, mm-hmm. this, like this, like this. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know where that's gonna take us. You know what I'm saying? I know half of it 
is it has something to do with sex. Half of it. And attraction. So that's why I kind of like women are winning. Just the fact that there's women so many are, bad bitches Women on are there. winning because, <laughs> you know, they're taking advantage of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? They can get a million followers just showing their ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Their ass is more famous. They could be walking through the through the um, airport and motherfuckers recognize them, but shit, they see that ass. Oh, shit, that's... It's, it's crazy. I know girls who are famous for their Instagram or whatever, and their ass looks great in the photos. In real life, it looks like an abomination. Well... <laughs> but because it looks really good in the photos, they're famous. No, well, every, I think everybody's gone to the fact of we, we live in a filtered society. Yeah. We live in a filtered society. How we are now isn't really how we are <laughs> sitting here. Mm. It's when we get into the, we have to have a filter. That's who we are. People, I'm telling you, that's where we're at now. People are seeing themselves, they, they want to see themselves better. Filter makes you look better. Mm -hmm. So they want to see themselves better constantly, constantly. They don't want to be old. They don't want to grow old. They want to, you know what I'm saying? They need validation constantly, mm. constantly. Vanity, vain. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's it's addiction. It's an addiction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you gotta you gotta be out. Listen, if you can if you can get paid from it, I'm all for it. Mm. You ain't robbing nobody, you ain't pillaging nothing, you ain't bothering nobody. Get your money. But if you ain't getting no money from it, then you're wasting your time. Right. If you can't monetize a big old booty, then you ain't doing it right. OnlyFans is popping. Like I've had my OnlyFans and like I'm doing pretty well on it. You know what I'm saying? So you're girls on there or what are you doing no, i'm not oh i'm just like because i work out so i just been like just showing showing the schlong and that's it <laughs> i've been thinking about starting one too i mean listen i got honestly adam I, i've gotten probably i've got a lot of money you know what i'm saying and i don't post a lot you know what i'm saying but you know what i mean like i feel like if you work out and you you know happy with just not about that it's about your whole body then you know what i'm saying it's cool but um yeah i haven't i haven't had sex with no girl on it mm. you know what i'm saying we might get there sooner or later. I mean, who knows? Looking I mean, for the I, right if, one. You know, you know so I mean, like, you know, I'm with somebody. It, it would have to, you know, she would have to be with it. You know what I'm saying? But, okay. You know. What, um, what actually happened from your perspective that kind of uh, ruined things with your relationship with Vlad? And I, I noticed that Vlad basically said that you weren't allowed on the platform anymore. But Vlad, then man. you've continued to do interviews with other people on the platform, right? Vlad, 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 like, first of all. I, like I've done shit for Vlad for no money, mm -hmm. all right. At the very beginning when he started, when he, uh, how was on, he interviewed me on the phone? Like I mean, I've done Vlad from the very beginning, the mm -hmm. very beginning, when nobody was doing Vlad. It, you can see it on YouTube. I got like seven, eight Vlad things mm -hmm. way back twelve years ago. Um, Vlad just got too arrogant, man. Like I ain't gonna front, Adam. You humble, yo, and you're sitting here with me. Vlad got a can be the voice like he's the Wizard of Oz or something. Where he was coming through the computer and shit. He thinks he's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you sit down, you have face-to-face -face with people, people, so you can get respect like that. Mm. It's not like Vlad's a bad person, right? I don't like what he said about the minister. I think he should apologize. I don't like, I, I don't, people say he's a snitch. I don't necessarily think Vlad's giving information to the feds, but I, because unless there's information that says that, mm. then you have to, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, but he does, Vlad gets street guys to say a lot because a lot of times street guys, 
they don't even be wanting to say all that. But, they, you know, they just so 100. I be seeing some of his interviews, and they just say a lot because, you know what I'm saying? And it's not that you can't blame Vlad because I'm saying a lot. Mm. But, you know, Vlad got to understand that he has to be able to filter out shit so that they don't. Like, if you gave a fuck about niggas, then automatically filter that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Before somebody gets in trouble. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think Vlad could do. Like, because guys are going to just, that's how we t- people get excited and they say shit. And um, Vlad used it like, oh, I got a lot of information. Now I'm going to, you know what I'm saying, use this. You know, um, I was cool with Vlad. I just think he gets too arrogant. I think he gets too too beside himself. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, when you get when you get too beside yourself, the culture don't f- with you. When you're just cool and just being you, then that's when people, you know what I mean? Like, Dave Mays is Jewish, was my brother for f- 18 years, we did amazing things, like all kind of, like forever, like, so it has nothing to do with race, it's just, just be, just, now he's coming out and he's doing interviews and everything, and it's like, Dave? No, Vlad, Vlad. you know what I'm saying, but nobody, nobody gives a you know what I'm saying, like, Vlad, nobody cares, like, you know what I'm saying, like, all this time we just heard the voice, Mm. nobody cares now. You think you would have been better off? Kind of remaining just it looks that like one of, one of the guys from the Amish, the Amish people. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck did this Amish? What fucking horse did he just get but, off? Okay, of? why did you? Get, why did he say that you weren't really allowed on the platform anymore? And how did know. you get past that? Vlad, Vlad, I did an interview. It took me like three days. Where's my fucking money? That they they gave me some oh, lady's man. number. Hey, you know what's up? Hey, Benzie. Hey, okay. Where's my like? Where's my money? You know what I'm saying? Give my fucking money. Why are I gonna wait for for a thousand dollars? Like. Send my fucking money, you know what I'm saying? And, to see, and he's like, oh, he thre- I didn't threaten her. You should have dealt with me as a man and not give me her number to talk to her. You put her in that. Flad's mm. a... Flad sued Rick Ross, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Flad talked shit, they got up with him, beat him up, and then he sued Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? He got a bunch of money, then he, he bragged about getting a house in Calabasas. He brags about this, brags about that. He's like the guy that never got before, you know what I'm saying? He, he comes across as that. I never heard him talk about getting pussy. Like he's like I'm, the, I'm pretty sure he's been with. The he's same like the Amish guy with the horse, fucking picking apples in the back and somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> getting no. But you have a good relationship with who is it? Sean Prez that you do the interviews. Prez with? is my guy, and now Cavario's working for him. Okay, Cavario's yeah, my yeah. and Moff. Moffy Moffy works for him. Those are my guys. <laughs> Those these are my guys for years. Vlad, like first of all, Vlad used to come to the source, right? Like be amazed at me and Dave Mays. Like you know what I'm saying? Vlad was my son, like, you know what I'm saying? He'd come up there and be amazed just to sit there in our offices. Did you ever talk to Dave about you doing a podcast on Breakbeat, uh, his his network? Because that would, that would be like the ultimate coming full circle moment. Dave, Dave don't fuck with me right now. Oh, you know really? Me and Dave ain't fucking with each other. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Dave, for like maybe seven years, ain't even spoke to each other. Really? Yeah, like, you know, it was just time. You know, me and Dave seen each other for like... 18 years straight, every day. We went through hell together. Great shit, man. It was just time. He got married. You know what I'm saying? Dave got some black pussy. That was it. Once you know, Dave went black, they you know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, man. I never heard from him after that. See what a fat ass can do? <laughs> Boy. I haven't seen it, but, you know, nah, but definitely could do something. Yeah, you. but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it ain't nothing with, like, Vlad, Vlad you, 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 you can't hate on Vlad for what he done because Vlad's been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. I give people props in the areas they deserve the props because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been doing this shit a long time. You know what I'm saying? So he deserves, anybody that deserves to put in the work deserves that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just started losing, people started losing their way. They started getting arrogant. 
And you know what I'm saying? Like I said, in, in his interviews, when the, to me, the guys that do say too much, he needs to edit out. Mm. He needs to take that responsibility for the culture, if that's the case. You know, and he, you know what I'm saying? Shit, that's all. You know what I mean? Like, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, you know, shit, man, I only made like a, you know, like, look, I ain't make a whole bunch of money with Vlad, but Vlad got a lot of followers, whereas that Vlad could have been, did something with me, like on a podcast or something. Like, I never really wanted to do a podcast. Eventually, I'm I'm, I'm going to do a podcast, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, like, I felt like this was probably going to be the last podcast I do because, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, like, uh, I always look at your podcast. I'm like, I got to do Adam. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the f I appreciate that. Yeah, for real. Where did uh, the issues with whack come from? It, it really isn't no issues. I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, like clubhouse stuff. I don't, it's just again. See, whack is is on the internet, and whack has a way of doing his thing on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like whack's like mastered that. I really don't know whack. Me and whack, me and whack, cool. Then all the shit that he was talking about with the with the with the with the uh, girl shit. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't get involved with that because, like, my thing is, like, I don't get involved with, like, the fairy tale shit that's on, you know what I'm saying? And personal shit. I don't get involved with all that, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? But I really don't know Wack till, like, we've never met in person. But, you know, me and Wack have talked on cool terms. And after that, me and Wack got into it on the internet, but it's the internet. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? I got, at this point, I feel like, I feel like, you know, all the shit that the, neg the negativity that comes from the Internet, if you really give it attention, it it's really just a waste of time. Mm. It really becomes a waste of time. Like, right. You know, I've already been through all the shootouts, the gang shit, the near deaths, been shot a few times, all my niggas dying, all my niggas. In I've been through all that shit. Like, that shit ain't like if I was to die tomorrow, my name would ring bells forever. Mm. Like, mom, 58. That's great. The life I've lived. I don't think nobody had to run like me. Is that the weird part about getting so late into your life, but still being involved with a, a culture that is kind of like consumed with youth is that you've kind of seen it all done it all at a certain point. But meanwhile, the vast majority of people that you're communicating with don't really have that much life experience are still impressed by shit that doesn't impress you anymore. Is, is, is that the challenge, man? Listen, my, but the thing is I'm already like, I'm in, I'm in all these different cities. And I, I've always been a, a people's person, so I always with the hood. I always with the niggas. I've always with the everything that has to do with niggas and people. I put myself out there, and I think that's I think that first and foremost, people always respect that about me when they see me. Like I'm more famous than I've ever been in my whole life, and I can't go nowhere. Mm. I think um, everything that I've done culminated to like I've, I'm more famous. I can't go nowhere where somebody's not taking a picture and somebody's in, you know, um, it's my job now to get to get some monetary value on it now, right? All these different things I've done, right? And now try to, you know, cash in. But, I mean, shit, Adam, it's a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like the internet stuff I had to learn. Like I said, you, you know, whack, all y'all got it down packed now. Like y'all understanding how to monetize it and everything else. You know what I'm saying? That's where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to start to get into it. I know people love me. I know people for me. So it's just a matter of me learning, you know what I'm saying, the ins and outs. Because the internet now is getting everybody, 
you know, the, and it was giving people some, it's, it's the, the main force really for hip hop now, mm. as far as getting dollars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's pretty wild when you think about the extent to which how the, the conversations within hip hop, the podcasts and the YouTubers yeah, and shit, man, yeah. like people talk about the numbers being way down on streaming, but meanwhile, you got all these different YouTubers and podcasters who have, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on everything right. they put out and shit. Nice. No, it's, it's, it's big. That attention is taken away from the attention that's on the music. And I, I think that that almost kind of reveals to people that the thing that we were all after was captivating content and not necessarily over a beat. But we just wanted to hear right, about right, people's right, lives right, and right, shit, right? Right, right, right. But we right, didn't have right, that option. No, that was big what you just said, over a beat. Yeah. That was big. Before it was all over a beat. If you wanted to know about some real right. street shit, you got to listen to, you know, all these no, rappers no, no. talk about it in coded form that's over That's about as simple as anybody right? could, could put it. Yeah. Just like you said, like, that's what it is now. Mm. And, you know, um, people's stories, people's IPs, and, man, shit, my thing is, um, you, know, I, you know, I had to be in the right headspace. Like, I've done shit. I've had highs in music, magazines. TV, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm fucking with the movies heavy on, on the Tubi movie. Hopefully I get something big, but um, man, like God bless me to still be out here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to live the rest of these lives real productive and really cash in, you know what I'm saying? For that second, you know, for that second, you know, that, for that bounce back, that, you know, that comeback. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I've always, like I said, no matter what, I've always stayed close to the street and close to always keeping my dream alive and keeping my vision alive and what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I thank God to even, to even make it this long. Cause you know, a lot of my guys didn't make it. A lot of my guys didn't make it. And I'm talking hundreds, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, this, this is a blessing to even still be accepted by people. The people want to take a picture. Like I'm humble, truly. And I just smile, and I, I have, I still have a good. Even at fifty eight, I'm having a good time. Mm. You know what I'm saying it got to be fun. If it's not fun, then what's the use? You know I feel saying? like if Benzino had a weekly podcast, that it would be huge. It would be a constant topic of conversation. I mean, look, Suge Knight is locked up in his conversation. His gonna, podcast is making noise every back, single week. If you right? back it, just listen. If I come under the Adam. I'm going to call him out right now. If I come up, up under your umbrella, shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm a believer. I think it could be huge if you got really? the right crew, the right people with you. I think that, I think where, where, where I came in was that Dave knew how to u utilize this kind of wild nigga from Boston and utilize his, his creativity and strengths where I learned a lot from Dave and learned a lot organized business, but it's still hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just... I know, and I know I have what it takes. You know, I got the source to a $55 million, you know, company where we turned down Bob Johnson and I know I can get it. I know I, you know, I have that in me. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, if, if I had a team, you know what I'm saying? You know, as much as I'm a good chief, I'm a good Indian. You know what I mean? I, like I've always been a part of things that everybody play their position and make great things like that's, there's nothing better than that in life. Like if you're able to do things by yourself on your own, then that's cool. But that's never been my thing. You know what I'm saying? I've always liked to be a, a chain, a part of something that did did like amazing things and everybody ate. It's funner that way. It's more it's more enjoyable that way. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, you know, shit, like I would love to. I would love to, you know what I'm saying? I, I've been around the game so much. I have so many stories. But, you know, just my opinions on things like I'm just, you know, I'm at that age where I can, you know, give you a little older opinion, but I can still understand, you know, where these guys is coming from to have some type of, you know what I'm saying, agreement with them, you know, because that's, 
Because I, I noticed you took issue with Joe Budden and hating on Youngboy. And I, think, I thought that was interesting. Because I would have thought that you might be someone who would have been. No, but you gotta let listen. Do you know how hard it, he's young you know how many young how many of his friends is dead are in jail? Oh yeah. It's like you gotta like even if you feel that way, you you you're too big to wanna knock him down. Not him down, because he, he's what he's what America is destroying. Like he's like like the worst, and it, and it has to be shown that the worst can make it, so these guys can think of something else. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to knock Young Boy down because shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like first of all, he has a huge following already. To me, when you you know, it's not like you want to knock him down. Like I I you know, I don't think that I like some of Young Boy's music. Some of his music, you know what I'm saying? I probably listen to him, was like, I, but I, you know what I'm saying? I've heard a lot of joints that I like, and I'm sure Joe has too. I don't know if he did that for clicks, but there really wasn't no reason for him to do that. Like, we as older guys, the worst thing that we should be doing is knocking down young dudes that are super successful. Mm. Yeah, and to me, the young boy is kind of indicative of somebody who's still keeping it interesting, despite the fact that he's been doing it for a long-ass time, and he's still, he just has that soul and that passion. I mean, I do wish that he would kind of switch it up. Well, I guess I, I, I got to give him credit. He's made a lot of weird emo punk sounding records over the last year, too, which I'm kind of impressed I mean, by, even if I, mean, I don't love it. He's but. made a lot of music, though. When you look at Youngboy, Youngboy got hundreds of songs. Oh, yeah. He's so, more prolific than almost anybody I mean, else so, in this you know, Not age, everything's yeah. going to be a hit, but he's yeah. going to have some joints in all those music that's going to be like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a hard worker. He works in the studio. You got to respect that. I feel like you he's kind of gotten into this way of just making the same song over and over and over which is very boring to me but also you got to consider that he's been trapped in that fucking house on house arrest for years and, and that's years true. and and that's the other true. thing the thing that's about true. that should stunt you yes he lost a ton of his homies but also he's not allowed to have felons visit yeah, no, him there no. so he's really not even able to be around the people that he typically would be around see and that to me and they know that they yeah. know doing that to mm -hmm. him they, they really try to deprogram him from what he was, from what, you know what I'm saying? But um, he's too strong for that. Mm. Like, he really is a, you know, like, I, you know, like I've watched him. And, um, you know, some people, they, there's, you know, there's some people that got that, that individual type of thing that not too many other people are going to have. And it's, that, it's a pressure having that. He has that, that individual thing that really is affectious to a lot of people and how they look up to him and it comes through his music but also just of how he looks at life and how he's going through life mm -hmm. whether wrong or right you know what I'm saying I just think I just think for Joe I, I, if Joe had a real good reason to, to say that then say it like you a smart Joe's a smart guy mm -hmm. he had no real reason like when you say you don't like someone's a statement that big have a reason to back it up mm -hmm. Umar had a great reason <laughs> he backed the shit out of what he set up the, you know it, to me, it's 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 subjective. You know, so I could see both sides of the coin with, with Umar, what he said. Last night, uh, YouTube recommended me a video of MC Shan talking. Well, really, like... Shan's my nigga. Really, like, Shout telling to Umar Shan. to sit the f*** down and that he did not Shan's appreciate his opinion on Eminem. Shan's he, my nigga. <laughs> yo, he's great, yeah. Shout he, to MC Shan. Listen, y'all follow MC Shan. Y'all gonna... Boy, listen, man. I follow... <laughs> Shan is an L. If y'all want to see a motherfucker that just don't... That is just him. Somebody that 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 was is just him. He don't mm. care about what 
he was back then is who he is now and accept me for who I am now. This is how I live now and I'm not bothering nobody, but let me show you how to, he, Shan is a good dude, man. Like I, I fuck with MC Shan, man. I, listen, man, you know, when you look at a lot of these, I'm happy, you know, did you know that Nas and, um, gave Scarface and somebody else, there's a fund, I think him, Steve Stout, and there's two other people, there's a fund that they give two people, two rappers every year, like a half million dollars. Really? And like free health care for the rest of their life or some shit. Wow, that's amazing. And they gave it to Scarface, and it was somebody else, it was two people. Wow. That's amazing, and they're gonna do it every year. You see uh, Scarface's tiny yeah. desk performance? The, the greatest Crazy, thing right? I've seen in the long, only because Mike Dean, I was like, you don't even know, like I've worked with Mike Dean. I've done like four mm. songs with Mike. I used to live in Texas. We, we were signed to rap a lot. Really? And I got a chance to work with the great Mike Dean. Right. You know, N.O. Joe, John Beto, Crazy C, all those guys, man. I went down there, man. And fucking, it was the RSO. We got signed. And I lived in Houston. You know, shout out to Jay Prince and rap a lot. But um, got to stay down there. I got Bushwick, man. God, man. God rest Bushwick, man. Bushwick mm -hmm. stayed with me for like a month down there. A funny, funny, funny month. And I, I miss Bushwick, man. People just don't realize how, man, me and Bushwick bonded for, he stayed with me a couple of months in Houston, then came up to Atlanta. Mm. No, Miami stayed with me. Like, um, you know, I got I got cool with Willie D. You know what I mean? Me and Face got real cool. And, of course, you know, Jay. Jay was like, you know, um, you know, I looked at Jay like, like at that time like a, a OG, a mentor mm. on how he was doing it. I got you know one. I got one recommendation. One question, and then I'll let you do your shout outs or yep. let, let us know what's going yep. on. Yep. You know, you know, who Hit Boy is of the producer who did all the Nas shit yes. recently and yes. stuff. He, I don't know if you're turned on to this, but he's producing slash like managing his dad. His dad did 30 years roughly throughout shit. his life in prison. Shit. And one of his dad's big things throughout his life, because I guess his dad was like very very serious gangbanger, is that he wanted his son to stay out of the streets. His son ends up becoming this huge producer, right. making all this money. Right. And now that his, his dad's out, Hit Boy's basically like working his dad's career. And he has a project out with the game. And uh, that's it right there, by the way, wow. the, the CD right that's there. Big, but his dad to is an older dude and is fucking fire. Like really, really nice, awesome nice. rapper. Yes. Nice. And, and it, it's like, it's just one of the most heartwarming tales that I can think of because most rappers are trying to kind of hide no, their dad dope. away. That's dope. He's out here putting Fuck him on no, front that. street. That's dope. Now that's, see, I'm into shit like that. Oh, it's that's amazing. Dope. Yeah. That's dope. And I know his father is like, he's living his dream right now. Definitely. Shit like that counts, man. Mm. But that, see, look, that's the best of what hip hop has to offer. For that's sure. why hip hop is more than music. Remember at the beginning we were saying what hip hop is to us. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. Because that because his father was a hip hop dad. Mm -hmm. His father grew up in hip hop. That was the driving force of him. And now for his son to be successful and then come out there doing this, that's that's what I'm getting goosebumps. That's what that's that's what that's what the f hip hop really is. And that's what a lot of these new people and young generation are missing mm. is that part of it right yeah it's been it's it's amazing you definitely got to check that project I out. am um, I am Tony Yeo has told a story a couple times on Vlad <sighs> when he ran up I'm on Benzino I'm and glad about this because it's good he I gave you a pass up. I could go I, okay first he of gave all, you a pass and you took it so look right so look so um, I really don't know Tony Yeo right the things I've heard I remember when the shit happened in, in jail when he got the cereal poured on his head and he didn't do nothing in jail. I didn't know about that. Rikers. Yeah, my man, hmm. Young, told me that. Um, 
the part where 50 cents, remember when 50, I told the story when I, when I helped 50 cents, um, when he was at the hit factory studio. Right. And he, I got to a situation with, with, the murder Inc. with murder Inc. Yeah. Remember with murder Inc. Mm -hmm. He ran down to my session. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Said, pulled out a gun and said that the gun, his man dropped, you know who his man was? Tony Yayo. Mm -hmm. And the gun had no bullets in it. Now, when Tony Yayo told the story, right? You got to laugh at Tony Yayo, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a good storyteller. A lot of these guys are. He said 50 had the 40 or the 4 fifth or the 4. 50 had a little revolver and sat there and was like, yo, my man. He was pissed. My man pulled out and showed me he got stabbed right here. Mm -hmm. He said his man pulled out the gun and dropped it. He picked the gun up and it had no bullets in it. Okay, now Yayo told that story wrong. The story, fast forward up to Miami. I forgot when I was down there. I was down there with the big Zeno piece. The Zeno piece, I paid like, I paid Jacob like 900000 for cash for the Zeno piece, cash, what? right? And um, then I had the Gladiator. That was about a half a million, right? The three, then I had the Masterpiece, the iced out Masterpiece. Like I, almost two million in jewelry walking down to the short club. I had my man Hawk with me. We didn't have no gun on us. So... Yayo and him pulled up, and I think 50 was in the car. Yayo jumped out and was like, yo, what's up? I'm on the sidewalk. Now, they're on Collins Avenue. It's broad daylight. I'm like, yo, what's up? You know, Hawk's like, you know, Hawk, my man Hawk's big. And I'm like, you know, we knew we didn't have no strap, and we should have had a strap, but we knew we didn't have one. So at this point, it's like some bluff shit going on because I got a bluff, I got a gun. So um, he's like, what's up? Now, his man jumps out the back. His man's Lodi Mac. Now, Lodi Mac got killed. Now, Lodi Mac was the one that slapped Jimmy Henchman's son, mm. right? Lodi Mac got killed. Tony Yayo's mother's house got shot up when all that, all that shit happened. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, when, when they was in the um, street, Yayo and him jumps out. His man's like, yo, what's up, man? What's up? You want it? Yo, what's up? And he flashed the gun. He didn't pull it out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm standing right there, and I'm just like, I didn't hear no shit about no pass or nothing. I didn't move. Them niggas, there was a girl screaming, get back in the car, get back in the car, get back in the car. Hawk said 50 was in the car. They jumped in the car and took off. Like, does that sound like a movie to you? He asked me if I wanted a pass. So it was a situation where they basically could have done whatever the f*** they wanted. could have, because I didn't have no gun. They, they, if it was me, mm. and I know me and my guys, we would have stripped the shit out of everything. He would, everything would have came off. Mm. Everything would have came off. Let me get that. Everything, everything, everything would have came off. That's what should have happened. I had almost $2 million worth of jewelry on me. Right. So, like, when I hear him tell his stories, he's just a storyteller. You know what I'm saying? He ain't the, he ain't the guy that's frontlining. Mm. I'm a frontline nigga. You know what I'm saying? He can, I'm not going to go back and forth, you know what I'm saying, on the internet. But everything what I'm saying is what happened. You know what I mean? I don't, it wasn't even all that serious to me, like to even be bringing it up. But I get it. Everybody brings up something. He should have brought up how, you know, Black Child and beat him up. And, he, and, and, and how come he didn't have no bullets in that bullshit ass revolver in his gun that 50 showed me? Mm. He lied about 50 having the 40. Wow. Come on, man. Like, it doesn't, like, bro, I'm 58. What the fuck I got to lie about this dumb shit for? You know how much street shit and gangster shit I've been a part of? That that makes that look like nothing? Like, that ain't nothing. That wasn't nothing. This just but involves I'm just saying, I'm, I bring up all that other shit, be, uh, yeah, yo, because, like, you're not going to hear about me getting fucking cereal port over my 
fucking head in jail with none none of that stupid shit. Like we we a different type of guy. Is that a you know well known rumor? That's that happened. Really? <laughs> that happened. Yeah, next time you you get interviewed, ask him, did, did did somebody pour cereal on your head in Rikers? Everybody know about that. Oh wow. But I'm saying like like Yayo, you know, 50 is the boss. Yayo's the I'm the, I'm a boss. You see, he's an under guy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I don't I don't get involved with stuff like that, man. It ain't man, Adam, that shit right there. The, the you know, it's crazy because it's because people don't even understand like the real world is out there. Like whatever happens happens, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you know, there's you, we all been through so much everybody on on all sides to where is that you would think people would just want to chill and get money, but I'm not going to bark at every at every uh, car that come by anymore, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I know who I am, and I don't, you know, ain't no place I, I can't go or no place I can't, you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't, listen, you know, shit, we all bleed red, you feel me? So I'm not the toughest guy, or I'm not, but I ain't, you just ain't gonna, you know, you ain't gonna take nothing from me, you know what I'm saying? As far as all the shit that's gonna be talked on the internet, I don't pay that shit no attention. Respect. What, um, Thank you so much for this interview. Yeah, it was a real on. honor. This is dope, bro. But also, yeah. what what do you have going on? What are you pushing? What's the vision for the I got the my guys. I just want to bring them in just so you oh, can yeah, check yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. yeah. No, I got three of them. Three, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, bring them. Yeah. yeah. I got, um, I, and, I, and I did this song, and I did this song I'm going to leave you with addressing the Koi situation. You know, she okay. made like three songs about me, so I finally made a song. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. And I'm going to let you, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let you. Uh, what's that, Mars? That's my guy, Marsy, right there. Come over here, Mars. Come over here, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's Adam, man. What's up, man? Sam. How you living? Uh, what's up, bro? You know, Mars. Hey, yo. Tell him, hey, hey Mars. Tell him, tell him what you be doing, bro. Uh, I mean, you already know, man. Sports band. You know what I'm saying? The sports band king, uh, Mars of ES, SBK. You already know the biggest sports band in the game, man. Oh, that's you. Okay, now I know who you are. All right. Yeah. How you doing, man? Yeah. What's up, G? How you doing? Yeah, How'd you guys get connected? You sports yeah, better? No, 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 no. We just hooked up over the over the internet, man. We got some things we trying to do. Yeah, we got you know some things. Yeah, 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 we some trying to do, man. You know, legend, yeah, man. You yeah. know, you know legend, when everybody here, I'm coming out, I said, man, come on in. You know, introduce him because the shit that he's doing, I'm like, ah, damn, boy. I went on his Instagram. And I was like, no, I'm not a better. I'm not a gambler. Uh -huh. But, you know, you have to have a system in order to, like, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be a mathematical genius to, you know what I'm saying? You can't just win like the way he's winning without. So I just mm. want to, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know what I'm saying? When you in Vegas, make sure, you know what I'm saying? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need my do, picks. Do you gamble? Uh, I play poker. That's it. Are you fuck with the poker? At this moment. All right. I could be persuaded. You don't know sports gambling? Not at this time. MyBookie.com. Right. Use I code no jumper. Sneak over. that in there. Yo, come on, Josh. Mayor. How the f do you know Josh? Who I These know are the guys that got me here. I know him These from Christmas. These are the guys that actually got me here. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. These yes, are the guys sir. that got me here. Okay. Right here. I, you know what I'm saying? They're the ones that was like, yo, you want to do. And I was like, of course I would. You know what I'm saying? Me and Josh been doing shit and man for a minute. Oh, yeah. Showcases and man, great dudes, man. Great dudes. And he's oh, on yeah. he's on the yeah. weed right here. They like this yours. Like this hey, man, free Crip Mac too, man. Free Crip Mac. Free Crip Mac all the way. Yeah. Hey, man, tell me what y'all, you know what I'm saying? Tell me what we tapped in with everybody, man. You know, uh, we work with a lot of different clients. Benzino's one of them. Uh, Crip Mac's another one that you know. Um, 
Hands a whole bunch of people. So. Adam, we was at your house for the uh recording. We've been we've been everywhere, man. Running around with Chris Max. Oh yeah, you guys were at the reality show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We was at the reality show with Lil D, uh, Lena. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy recording. Great era of my great, life. Yeah. Great for sure. But we got a lot <laughs> going on. I got a management company. He's an artist, but he do management too. I mean, we be doing stuff with Smart everybody. Right. Marketing, promotion. Face. And they out there. Like, what I like about them is they, like, y'all are out there. Like, y'all actually get to the we way get you out there. go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm from the DMV too. From yeah. D, yeah. I see it on the ring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, out, we outside. I know it's a lot of. That's a lot, a lot of jewelry, of, yeah. Yeah, we spent, we spent a lot. Google Mary DMV. Google John from YNC. You're going to see what's going on. We got a lot going on. You know about the he really he been going up, but yeah, he about to really <laughs> man. Go listen, up. man, oh, yeah. I've been I've been, been fuck, once once I seen CC on his shit, once I seen Corey, I knew it. I was like, yo, bro, I was like, and then like I just watched the shit. Then once I found you was from New England area, I think we the first time we talked was on Clubhouse. You know what I'm saying? And then I think he, I heard him say, like, Look, Right, Clubhouse, a long time ago. I yeah, forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, nah, because, nah, you know, I remember there was one time where at my store back in the day, I was, like, sitting down to do an interview, and somebody just mentions in the background, they're like, yo, Benzino is posted up outside smoking a blunt. <laughs> and I remember thinking in my head, like, Benzino. And then I remembered, like, <laughs> You just don't like Benzino because of some shit you read in Double XL like 10, 15 years ago. I was like, oh yeah, that's crazy. And I wanted to go out and post you up and say what's up, man. but I was like right about to do an interview. I didn't get to meet you back then. Smoking that sucks. like a ball, we just blow it. Yeah, Benzino just somebody be- told me Benzino's outside smoking a blunt. I'm like, what the? <laughs> f- is it like Tupac? Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 dude. I, I yeah, yeah. Don't believe in these stories. He's just pulling up on YouTube like this is the song me and Tupac did. Look, right. was in the studio and everything. Me and Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, what I mean, I've done this for a minute. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. I've been blessed, man. That's why I say, you know, you a hip hop guy. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of people like, a lot of people like when 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 they see, you know, say me like me do interviews. Like this interview is probably one of the most coolest interview I coolest interview I did in a minute. Yeah, super like laid back yeah, flow bro. of information. Like, yeah, now. for real, like, bro. Dude. Like yeah, yeah. Like you're very you up on your shit now. I appreciate it. A lot of them ain't on it. Who's who's your favorite right now, podcaster right now? Who's your favorite? My favorite podcaster? Who's your favorite? Vlad T V baby. Okay. That's my OG. He put me on the who's set. Who's your who's your who's who's your who's your Ah, he's whack. Nah. Oh well, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Alright, well who's I can't hate on somebody making an honest living. Alright, top five Top five podcasters in hip hop or just in general? Hip hop, hip hop. I mean, you do. I don't even know if I could get to five. There's so much. It's so political too. There's people who I think are good that I don't want to shout out. I don't want to shout out no, bitch no, ass. That's Joe political. Bunn, <laughs> that's what. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, for a lot of fucking money. Yeah, for yeah. a lot of money. So, hey, so, it got to be a lot of money. We do the events, uh, select the boxing events. We be, man, we be looking. For I did it for twenty five bandos. Yeah, I, I needed it at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, let's go. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. That was I got my ass whipped for free a few times in my life, so I guess you know getting paid couldn't be. It bad, don't man. hurt, man. Yeah. A couple little plunges, you know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't mind getting it for the right price no more. I always say this, but the feeling that I got after I had like five or six guys on top of me trying to beat the shit out of me outside the bar, and I walked away <laughs> with like a black eye, <laughs> that gave me a high, like doing. <laughs> 
fucking acid because it made me realize you can have that many people trying to kill you and you still be all right. And that just meant a lot to me. I don't That's know. dope. Yeah. And, and you survived. That it. was a long time ago. Yeah. Could never happen now. Come here, H is the last room right here, Adam. They all get turned into packs now. HD, this right here is my artist right here I'm working with, man, coming out. Um, so I got a song that's addressing the whole, you know, Koi situation I did with Oh, H. it's with him? Okay. Yeah, with uh, H and shit. What's up, man? How you doing? It, sung on it, man. It's HD, this Adam, you know what I'm saying? Nice oh, to meet you, bro. How you living? Tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is my name is HD, but my artist's name is Huda Don. Mm. But, you know, everybody call me HD. That's Guyana. Like, yeah, I'm Guyanese. Ah, okay. South America. Nice. So we got a song. I'm addressing, the, you know, like the Koi situation, so I'm going to leave it with you. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, hear that yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 because yeah, she done made it like a few songs about me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, this is the one joint, you know what I'm saying? So it came out good. It's called Predator or Prey. Yeah, because well, we're, we're in the op era. Yeah. And if she doesn't really have any, like, valid ops to make songs about, you might just have to take aim at your dad, right? <laughs> I notice a lot of rappers are out here collecting op, ops, you know? My fucking daughter's op. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, hey, so, listen, the I ultimate op. Man, I appreciate this, bro. Nah, for real. This Legendary interview. Come on, man. show. Come on, we got to do it again. Oh, right. 100%. Let's run it back. Anytime. All right. All right. My man. Hey, thank you guys. Yes. Thanks to the whole team. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check in us out world. on YouTube. Where are we? Patreon, Instagram, TikTok. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Shout out to Benzino for a classic hey. three-hour interview right on the dot. Shit was crazy. Let's go.